from News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. This is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. You got all of my attention. You ain't even trying. Yeah, you're my kind of different. And I've never seen nothing, nothing like you. Shades all spinning in the summer rain. to play this over and over again today? Since it's Groundhog Day, I believe so. <laughs> Bill Murray slapping that alarm. Yeah. <laughs> and just playing this song rather than... Uh, wouldn't that have been hilarious oh, if I had woken up yeah. with... Uh, what was that? You, babe? Um, oh, Sunny yeah. and Cher. Yeah, Sunny and Cher. Yeah. My brain isn't that programmable. Nope. I instead wake up with Dan and Shay. <laughs> you know what's funny? I almost said... I thought it was Keith Urban. <laughs> Dan and Shay. It's Dan and Shay. <laughs> it is Dan and Shay. Which they that's how bad sound, my brain is right now. They also now. sound like Rascal Flatts. They sound just like Rascal Flatts. Don't say that. I cannot stand Rascal Flatts. Because <laughs> all, all country groups should aspire to that. Yes. But Dan cannot and Shay are the new voice coaches. And they, they're coaching together. So they're in like a... Ch- like a it's like a love seat that turns around rather than just a, just <laughs> its own <laughs> just its own chair. So they are they are one coach. Now you know where my mind immediately went when you said that. No. Remember the SNL commercial for the love toilet? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, the love commode. Was yeah. it a? <laughs> Hold on. Have y'all ever seen this? It's a commode. It's a toilet that it's, it's it has two toilets, but they're kind of um, uh, not back to back, but it's it, it, so that you can sit and enjoy each other's company. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I've not seen that one as well. Oh wow! See, Bernie's too young for it, or at yeah. least. Uh, but what so, era? What era? This analysis? would have been. Um, I want to say like nineteen ninety one ish. Yeah, oh. like the early nineties when we were in high school and back and, when and, Crystal and, Gravy was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Crystal <laughs> Gravy and the 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 Lincoln Mistress. Do you remember that commercial? Okay, so I'm sure here, if I saw it, I would remember. Here we go. Here mm-hmm. it is. This is. I just thought that was Keith Urban. I don't know anything. One special someone, and you never want to be apart. You dine together. <laughs> you play together. <laughs> you sleep together. <laughs> you even bathe together. Do I need to have the dump button ready, Bill? <laughs> so, so why not share the most intimate moment of them all with the love toilet? <laughs> Exquisitely designed, <laughs> handcrafted of the finest porcelain, with flesh assembly and float gold imported from France. The nation of love. <laughs> the nation of love. The love toilet. From Niagara, the toilet people. <laughs> anyway. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I have to imagine because I can only hear it. You can only hear it. I'm going to hold it. Up it's all right. See, you can see the visual. The oh, toilet. yeah. That's a, it's, who's who's the, uh, Oh wow! It's Kevin Nealon. Oh, it's Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon. It's Kevin. like a it's like a love seat, but with you know holes yep. in it. And so it's like Dan yep. and Shay. Dan and Shay <laughs> are basically in the love toilet <laughs> on the voice. They turn around together. So if Dan and Shay decide to choose one of the singers blindly, they spin around on us. It's like on us. I don't watch any of those shows. Like America's Got Talent and the um, what's the long one. 
um, American Idol. I don't watch I, any of these shows. I watched like the first four seasons of The Voice, maybe, and really, really enjoyed it. I, I really loved the the, the drama of, of them pressing the button and turning around. Like, I love the idea of it just being the voice that matters. But then after they're chosen, then it just becomes exactly like American Idol, where the look and all of that stuff does matter. And the one I don't get at all why anybody, people love this show, is the masked singer. Oh. Because they, they'll sit their guests and go, I think it's, you know, Jack Nicholas, and I think it's Kevin Nealon. I mean, so, like, their guesses are, like, all over the place, like, and they're never right. 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 I think it's LeBron James. Like, I think it's, you know, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> like, well, like, the other no. problem I have with The Voice, and now American Idol's the same way, the first five or six years of American Idol, we could still name the winners. Oh, absolutely. But now, and The Voice has never been that way. I can't name a single winner of The Voice. I can name Cassidy Pope. She won season three, and she performed at one of the Panthers games last season. Um, during halftime, maybe? Marmy. But I know a few of her I should songs. go into that voice. <laughs> but it's true. I can't... They Not one single voice winner has become, like, uber famous. Nobody has become a Carrie Underwood or a right. Kelly Clarkson. If you had been in that era, would your dad have made you try out for these shows? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I, you, there would be videotapes of me in a out, out, puffy dress with big hair. Doing the auditions where yeah. you come out with the golden ticket or whatever. Yeah, yeah, singing some... <laughs> Acapella version of I don't know Pennies from Heaven. <laughs> Can I <laughs> the, tell the hit tune? <laughs> I got to tell you something um, because we're it's funny we're talking about SNL from around the 1991 era. Yesterday we had our our buddies from and boy Jim I am so sorry you missed this because the, the yacht rock band. I was here for the first segment but there was nowhere to stand in here so I had to go. Yeah, Thirst, it was a full yacht. So first <laughs> the yacht was full. So uh, the leader of the group who was uh, who came in and was talking in that voice did and, his voice like yeah, this. I mean we'll go back to it right here and it, here we go. Thurston Howell, the official yacht rock band of Good Morning BT, with Beauregard and Bethany. With Beauregard and Bethany. <laughs> so all day long, I mean, obviously it's Thurston Howell from the show, but he sounded like somebody else. And all day long, I'm like, who does he sound like? I know who it is, but I can't, I can't place it. And then actually, we just played the Love Toilet clip. It would have been from the same era, but this, this. 100,000 years ago. A caveman was out hunting on the frozen wastes when he slipped and fell into a crevasse. In 1988, he was discovered by some scientists and thawed out. He then went to law school and became unfrozen caveman lawyer. Because he kept going, I don't know why these things are the way that... And I think, it, you think he's basing his voice on the character Unfrozen Caveman <laughs> Phil Lord? Hartman? I said, who is it? It's a cross between Thurston Howell and Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. Listen to this. Brought to you by Gas Plus. Actually gives you gas for those times <laughs> when you feel like being the Joker. And by National Escort Service. Okay, let me, uh, let me, let me fast forward it slightly. <laughs> I know. National Escort Mr. Caveman. <laughs> I fell in some ice and later got thawed out by some of your scientists. Am I wrong? You are 100% right. Sometimes the honking horns of your traffic make me want to get out of my BMW and run off into the hills or whatever. Sometimes when I get a message on my fax machine, I wonder, did little demons get inside and type it? I, I don't, don't know. know. Yacht Rock Band of Good Morning my... BT with Beauregard and Bethany. 
But there is one thing I do know. When a man... Okay, enough of that. He also... Uh, there's a there's a movie. He also sounds like somebody else from a movie, and I I will think of it. But the first time I ever heard him talk, I thought he sounded like the dude in the song, the same as it ever was. <laughs> same as it ever was. Oh, a talking heads. Talking heads guy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's his name? I know. What are, Yo, what are we doing today? We are so that old. That Everyone's like, screaming you know, it from their cars. That's the talking heads guy. That's the talking heads guy. David Byrne. David Byrne. <laughs> hey, I pulled Phil Hartman out of my head. Your love toilet. Out of my love toilet. <laughs> Jordan Gross used to love the uh, caveman thing. He would just like quote him. If he didn't know something, he goes, I don't know. I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a caveman. frozen caveman I lawyer. I understand your strange <laughs> modern ways. He would always walk around doing that voice. <laughs> All right, Boomer Von Cannon. Are you out there? I'm with you, baby. There you are. There you are. We're, we're 15 minutes in, and we're already... Way down the rabbit hole. Played like nine songs already. Hey, but it's Groundhog Day, so everything is same as it ever was. <laughs> there you go, man. Now you're doing the voice. <laughs> or you're doing the David Byrne voice. Friday morning, Tyboid Studio. Happy Groundhog Day to one and all. Happy Groundhog Day to one and all. <laughs> Happy Groundhog Day to one and all. Happy Groundhog Day. One and all. I hope at some point today you will play the best eating scene in the world. Not the best, but it's one of the best. I from Groundhog Day. I got you covered. Don't worry. He shoves a giant piece of pink cake in his mouth. It's awesome. Well, first, though, let's talk about what happened. <laughs> I have no memory of it, but I've seen the movie. I don't remember that part. Right down the street yesterday, uh, the introduction, the latest introduction of a new Panthers head coach and the new, the next new era. You know, uh, maybe it would have been more fitting if they held uh, yesterday's press conference today because, you know, it's Groundhog Day. Yeah, uh, it feels um, the same. But, uh, Zoke, you were there for the press conference. I know Brett Jensen was there. We talked to him right before we got off the air, and he was, uh, you know, standing as they were getting ready to introduce everybody. But let's go through uh, some of the highlights yesterday, uh, starting with the new, new old, because Dan Morgan's no stranger to the building, but Dan Morgan introduced officially yesterday as the next GM of the Carolina Panthers. We need to find those leaders, those competitors. As Jay Stu would say, those dogs, like we need some dogs, like we got to get some guys that are passionate about football, that love football. They want to come out every day and compete on the practice field, in the weight room. We need competitors. We got to bring that back here. We got to bring that back here to Bank of America Stadium to where people get excited about coming to see our team. Um, We're super passionate about bringing a team that the fans can be proud of. Um, that our, you know, players can be proud of. Like when when they when when teams drive up to this stadium, we want them to fear that logo. The logo has to be feared again because right now, it's not feared. So we got to get that back. But I think it starts with getting the right type of players, and it's guys like you, like Thomas Davis, Jonathan Stewart. Usain Muhammad, we got to get those type of guys. You guys uh, scared of Bernie and me today? Yeah, guys wearing Panther hats, and I walked in go, whoa, whoa. I got that dog in me. I got that dog in me. should be a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and we'll get to the coach here in a moment, but uh, Dan Morgan spoke first, and, uh, and, and and they did a tandem news conference yesterday, so there were questions for both guys. But It Dan, was like a love toilet um <laughs> press conference. Well, it's great having Dan and Shay running the football team now. <laughs> there you it's go. Dan, like and Dave. Dan and Shay. Dan and Dave. Sorry. <laughs> Dan and Dave. Dan and Dave were, remember the, uh, wasn't it uh, Dan and Dave uh, that were the uh, guys that were 
trying to make the Olympic team back in like ninety something, and they did that whole campaign. And oh yeah, it yeah. was. And I think I think Dave made it, and, made, and Dan didn't, and or Dan, Dan didn't. made it, and Dave yeah. didn't. <laughs> oh. That was a missed opportunity. Yes, didn't even think about that. You have a great memory. I, I forgot about that. And a gamble that that did not pay off, or at least it paid off halfway. <laughs> have to pay that. Uh, play yeah, it didn't that. Pay later. off for Gatorade or Nike or whoever was sponsoring them. <laughs> I forgot about that. They should have totally done a parody. The video squad at the Panthers should have done a parody of Dan and Dave. Well, if they're listening right now, their their social media team is on point, so they could they could probably pull it off. Or so. do a Dan Dan and Shay thing or whatever. Yeah, they could be. No one like you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what were your impressions of? We'll get to Dave Canales here in just a second, but Dan Morgan, you know, uh, this is uh, what version three of Dan Morgan for the Panthers. That's right. Uh, former uh, star linebacker was uh, on staff obviously before as the assistant GM. Now he is the general manager, and I like that the kind of stuff he was saying in those sound bites there because he goes back to the days when the Panthers were that team that was feared with the guys he mentioned that were sitting there. Mike Rucker was there with Thomas Davis and Jonathan Stewart and so many other uh, Panther legends of the past. So that's um, that's uh, I think the attitude people want to hear to get back to those those not only the, the winning. Uh, but that team that was, you know, you think about Luke Keekley and Julius Peppers, and, you know, that was, was a feared defense and uh, a team you didn't want to play. And then with Coach Canales just getting some of his um, his thoughts. And th- one of the things that stood out was kind of a little bit technical, not really, is that uh, about talking about Bryce, you know, 2.7 seconds, he kept saying 2.7 seconds. Because he's such a quarterback whisperer, the ball has to come out of his hands in 2.7 seconds. And then I like read these stories yesterday afterwards. Where I was kind of curious, like, what was Bryce? He was like 2.9, <laughs> which was one of the, the – it sounds like a split second, which it is. Uh, but just the ball has to come out quick and the style of play that he's done to help Baker Mayfield and Geno Smith and Russell Wilson, um, that uh, it's that minutia of just those little things sometimes that uh, can get you squared away and, and playing the right way again. So uh, beyond the offense, I, I liked his energy and I liked um, just the synergy of them kind of coming in together at the same time that they have a history history together, of working together, and he's obviously bringing a lot of the Tampa Bay staff with him on the offensive side. So I feel like there's something coming together that makes sense in just the structure of it. And even Dave Tepper is saying basically uh, someone, I think it was uh, Joe Person asked him if he was speaking, he goes, now I'm going to be in the background. <laughs> so even that part of it was kind of like, okay, the, I feel like the structure is in place to do things in a football way that will lead to success. Whether it works or not, at least you're, you're giving yourself the, the building blocks of how the structure of this should go. I feel like that's the headline, that David Tepper's like, I'm just going to be in the background because that's a new David Tepper. I Yesterday when I saw people tweeting out pictures of the former Panthers players who were at this this press conference. I mean, I know we've this is we've had a lot of first time press conferences for our new coaches. Is that usual? Do they usually show up at the new, the new coaches presser to ha- or is this because of Dan Morgan? Usually there's some. I remember last year for Frank Reich, there were a lot of the current players were there. I didn't see as many. Yes, I saw J.J. Jansen, our friend, in the hallway uh, yesterday, and uh, he was on with uh, Mac and T-Bone yesterday. I said, you go to the press conference? He goes, nope, going on vacation. (laughs) He was like literally heading out the door to go to vacation. Um, But uh, I think, you know, we talked uh, as he walked out in the parking lot about, you know, just being excited about the, the new change. And he's been... Obviously, the longest tenured Panther, having played the most games, seen a lot before. But I think there's a lot of optimism just all the way around about uh, where things are going. And there was, obviously, to your Groundhog Day point, there was that last year as well. But um, this feels, in hindsight, like that was a mistake, bringing all these coaches from different places and having the carryover general manager and all that. This feels more like, okay, let's all in the building work together have the same thought process and all be headed the same direction to give us our best chance at success. Am I... Am I making this up in my head, or did Pete Metzlars was he at was he at Frank Reich's 
uh, press conference. I would expect him to be there. I don't recall from a year ago, but um, yeah. obviously being Buffalo guys that uh, played here with the Panthers. For some reason, together. I have that in my head. Uh, but but anyway, uh, so the one big difference you have to say, if you compare uh, the last two, or you're comparing yesterday to the last two uh, head coach introductions, the amount of enthusiasm, which you kind of alluded to, uh, just because of their general demeanor, period, a lot different with this guy than with Frank Reich and Matt Rule. This is what Dave Canales had to say. I don't care about what we can't do. What can we do? Who are these players that we have? And how are we going to maximize those strengths on a daily basis? We're looking for championship moments, championship days. And that's got to be a full-on commitment every single time we walk in here. Um, So for me, it's about building that culture building our language, making sure that we're using specific language. There's going to be a bunch of buzzwords being thrown around. I don't like synonyms. We all speak the same language, and we're heading in the same direction with that alignment that we talk about. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to create that culture. Culture is what you celebrate. Culture is also what you condemn, and you say, this is a horrible-looking play. Look what happened right here, guys. Boo this man, please, somebody. And then, like, at the same time, finding great opportunities from practice, from games, to celebrate it. That's how you create culture, and I'm really excited to be able to do that. Um, the next piece of it is we got to get our football right. Let's just make it about the football. There's no storylines. There's no agendas. It's about good football. we got to play good football on both sides of the ball, be willing to look at it truthfully and improve. I was thinking when I heard him say that the boo – Line, you remember in The Princess Bride when uh, they come out and she yes. goes, Boo! Boo! Yeah. <laughs> just imagine him in the locker room if somebody had a bad game, you know, Boo! <laughs> like, I told you told us to do it. You said we should. I liked it when he was like, I don't like synonyms. I mean, synonyms. Synonyms. <laughs> I was like, Do you like homonyms? Do you like. Well, it was funny because I, I thought T Bone had one of the great tweets yesterday. He goes, I think I just heard the new coach say he doesn't like cinnamon. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. And Willie P corrected him as if T Bone didn't know. He's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. it what would have been funny is if he had written back a synonym for cinnamon. <laughs> well, is there, that is would there be one? nutmeg, probably. And the very <laughs> last line of the of the uh, press conference, somebody asked him about, uh, "Hey, we've noticed that you've been tweeting and and you're active on social media. Is that something you plan on keeping on doing?" And uh, he he said, uh, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but he likes the give and take, and and sort of indicated that maybe he might uh, you know interact with with fans after good and bad games. I mean, um, to, to to that point, I mean, we may have a coach here that would see something that a T Bone or anybody would tweet and maybe might might respond. <gasps> I don't know. He might come on our show. I think that's highly possible. I'm hoping it may. Last time we only got the brother of the coach. We did have Matt Rule on, though. I mean, that was before Beth. But I mean, we we have had co- coaches on the show before. Yeah, so. could it be? Is it me? Is, is that the reason we haven't had a coach since well, I got that's, here? That's not what I meant. It could be me. <laughs> Rod, like, Rod Rivera used to just call it on his yeah. own. It was like yeah. funny. He'd be, he'd be texting me during the show and like commenting. See, that's what I want. I want Dave Canoli to call us. And Cannoli? Now, if you're going to do that, he's not he's going not to call come. Right? Thank you, Mark. I don't know. He might bring Canoli. That may make him come. Yeah. You know? He might Yeah, he might say, me. I got to meet this crazy woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, when we come back, I want to play you what I thought was the most interesting part of the press conference yesterday. There was a there was a there something that the coach said that caught my attention. And it was about, what, a 45, 50-minute press conference. But this is the moment where I went, huh. That's an interesting line that I didn't necessarily expect. Ooh, I can't I wanna, wait. I want to see if you all agree. Don't forget, tomorrow night on WBT, round one, 
Duke and North Carolina. College basketball. We'll talk to Jones Angel at 835, play-by-play voice of the Tar Heels. It's the best both teams have been for this game in a while. So uh, that'll be fun. Now, uh, I want to go back to the press conference yesterday. Bank of America Stadium, Dave Canales and Dan Morgan officially uh, introduced. Jim Zoki was there at the press conference, as was Brett Jensen and, uh, you know, pretty much the entire sports media contingent of Charlotte. Um, Because here we go, another reset. I said before the break that uh, as I was listening to this and I sat down and watched the whole thing uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, there's one particular quote from Dave Canales that kind of stuck out at me because you don't. You don't often hear head coaches say this. Can I say I'm nervous? Is that all right? I mean, you know, let's be honest, you know, just getting this opportunity and I've got a ton of excitement about it. Um, I got a lot of things that I'm, I'm ready to, to put to the test and that's been a lot of theory, you know, um, from a leadership standpoint. But yeah, this is a big task. This is serious for me. This is a, this is a great opportunity. Um, and so I don't take that lightly, but at the same time, you know, like Dan just hit, like I'm fired up about it and, uh, I love a great challenge and I didn't shy away from the Tampa job. And there was a lot of people that kind of looked at that and thought like, what are you thinking? You got a great situation with Gino in Seattle. And I just was like, I'm going to bet on us. And, uh, I'm going to look at what we do have and see if I can make the most. It's about maximizing. Mm -hmm. Somebody ran into me and was like, you guys really overachieved. And I just hate that term. I love the thought of maximizing, just getting every last drop out of everyone involved um, all together in a worthy cause. So um, I'm excited for it and I'm nervous, too. And I realize how weighty this is. So, I mean, you know, I mean, being honest, I I, I think, look, if you're a Panther fan, uh, there were a lot of things that were said yesterday that sounded great. Now, I also heard a lot of process, that word process yesterday, you know, uh, so there's a part of me that's like, okay, I want to see, let me see it on the field because, you know, after last year, there's, last year sounded good too in in different ways. I mean, Frank Reich was not as enthusiastic as as Dave Canales. I think Canales easily wins that battle, but, you know, we're now, we're now conditioned to, okay, you say this on paper, let's see you do it on the field. But that might be a good thing. It might be a good thing that we have the bar so low that it won't be hard for Dave Canales to jump over the bar <laughs> and impress us. That might be a good thing for him, but I appreciate the fact that he uh, that he did admit that he was nervous. I like when people are open and vulnerable, and it, it makes you feel like you're part of the, and I'm going to use the word, process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes you feel like you're attached to it in some way, shape, or form. The thing that I do love about him, he has a ton of charisma. He has energy in his voice, and it could be because he's young. I mean, he's 42. But he he has charisma. You are kind of he has that kind of the presence that draws you in. And if he has that naturally, then maybe that makes the team more cohesive just because they're unified around one thing. And it's his aura. That sounded like I. It's, it's the crystals he wears around his neck, you know. But um, exactly, but like the the energy that he exudes, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you know it's all all it can be is an introductory press conference. It's going to be what are the results over time, and I think this whole season just feels like you've got to give them a chance to undo what was done before and rebuild and restock, and that's not going to be a quick process as far as this year. Uh, so you hope they do win as they go through this process, but I think everyone's probably got should have the mindset. Uh, we'll see what the record is, but mostly they got to get the, the roster right and get the coaching staff in place and, and build from there. See exactly what you got in Bryce Young, all that kind of stuff. So I think um, 
I think it, to your point, the pressure is really not on. Like you better win ten games. Like I don't think there's anybody you know talking like that. It's the, the opposite. It's like we, hey, we know this is as low as it's been, and uh, we're going to restart and hit the reset button and uh, be patient uh, to a large degree with this. So I think this is going to be a process. We don't honestly. have to win ten games. I'd like to win two. Well, to your point, Jim, as a fan, it was nice to hear uh, not we should win the South this year or the South is ours for the taking. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, I did hear the word process, but that's okay with me because it's the transparency. Like I, I don't like the word rebuild, but if, if that's what you're doing, then you need to, you need to just be upfront about it. Just say, look, don't the expectations yeah. are what they are this year. And we would appreciate your support as fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just, we don't have the transparency from sports teams here in Charlotte. So I'm hoping that this is a new leaf that we're turning over. And I loved hearing Tepper say he's going to be in the background now. That was yeah. great. Well, and just uh, if, if you're wondering, because when we were talking to Jensen yesterday, I said, do we expect Dave Tepper to take questions? Because this this would be the first, it is the first time that we heard from him in, in any kind of setting like that since a lot of stuff has happened. I mean, the, 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 the throwing of the cup and, and, well, and the, the team dismantling and all that. So I asked Brett, Brett do you think he's going to talk? And, uh, well, the, the expectation then was, to some degree, but certainly not yesterday like he did the year before or has at certain times. Like, like Zoki said, I mean, he, he, uh, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in the background. And he came out and spoke maybe like a, what, a minute and a half just, mm-hmm. to, just to say hello and in- introduce the guys. And then he was quickly off the stage. So Maybe he's a billionaire who's learning from his mistakes. We shall see. That's the hope, is that uh, everybody's on the same page and, uh, and doing things structurally the, the right way. But I thought it was a good start yesterday, and it's, uh, it's just words, and it, uh, all coaches uh, are impressive, I think, to a large degree when they come out and have these things. But I think for them, I think there's just, it just feels like we needed this. We needed like it's a breath of fresh air and yeah. a, a, an approach where everybody seems to be headed and pulling in the same direction because they did the exact opposite last year. The staff like we're bringing this guy from the Rams and this guy from Indianapolis and you know this guy's you know used to coach here twenty years ago and it just felt like but they hadn't much worked together there were a couple but not a lot of them worked together I think that made it not only not work but also I thought there was uh, obviously some infighting and some backbiting and stuff like that when things started going south yeah like hey he's not doing it right we need to do it my way and that that you know I think that's what they're trying to get away from yeah uh. un- understanding that we haven't seen anything on the field yet uh, I I. I I think most people would agree if you compare the Matt Rule versus Frank Reich versus Dave Canales press conferences, that one yesterday you felt the most inspired coming out of. Yeah, Cautiously he, optimistic. He feels yeah. he's likable. Likable. Yeah. Likeability. Mm-hmm. Likeability. It was kind of a synonym for likable. <laughs> <laughs> or you just want some cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, well, I have cinnamon coffee right here, actually. You are. The wretch. Concentered all in self. Living shall forfeit fair renown, and doubly dying shall go down to the vile dust from whence he sprung, unwept, unhonored, and unsung, Sir Walter Scott. <laughs> what, you don't like poetry? I love poetry. I just thought that was Willard Scott. I was confused. You think I'm acting like this because I'm egocentric? I know you're egocentric. It's your defining characteristic. Uh, are you guys ready? We better get going if we're going to stay ahead of the weather. Thanks, Larry. Well, would you like a doggy bag? No, I'm going to stay here and finish. I thought you hated this town. Well, it's beginning to grow on me. Larry, quit staring. These are excellent. Bon appetit. 
Do you feel complete now? I do. He's talking with his mouth full. He has a big chunk of cake hanging off his lip while he's talking about Willard Scott. It's delightful. It's Groundhog Day, so some things are obligatory, but here in our world, when Beth thinks of Groundhog Day, she doesn't think of Sonny and Cher. She doesn't think of the Groundhog. She thinks of Bill Murray eating in that scene that I just played. Shoving an entire piece of cake. I've always wanted to try that scene, and I feel like you need angel food cake or you need a specific kind of cake because cake crumbles, and he just shoves the whole piece, just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing into his mouth. It's so great. Well, if you've always wanted to try that scene, today would be a good day to do it. Can somebody go get me cake? We need we need cake <laughs> we so need Beth can cake. recreate Groundhog Day. Not the, not the scene you're thinking of, but when he eats cake. Right. Because if you are new to the show, one thing you may not know about Beth Troutman, she loves movie eating scenes. I love them, and that's a great one. Cake and coffee, that would be a perfect way to celebrate this Groundhog Day today. Is that the greatest? Mm-hmm. The greatest one? Scene? Oh, no, no. The greatest one will uh, has not been topped yet. The greatest eating scene of all time is from The Hunt for Red October. And it is Sean Connery eating steak in the mess room oh. hall with the, his committee around him. And he's talking and he's eating steak and he's got grease on his lip. Sean Connery. And Sean, I mean, <laughs> Sean Connery. That, that's commitment. <laughs> You know, if you're just going to throw out something like that, say, well, I say, what's the best eating scene? And you immediately go to the hunt for Red October, yeah. which is so off the beaten path of movies you would even think about. I mean, I think of Twister when they sit down at the table and they have like the, 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 the mashed potatoes and the steak. And it's like, oh, there's his own food group. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The best part of that scene, though, is when they actually crack the egg into the, uh, yes. the hot iron yes. skillet and it yes. sizzles and it's kind of the steak is already in the skillet. Mm-hmm. My favorite eating scene is in A Christmas Story. A Christmas whenever, story. Whenever they're uh, eating the mashed potatoes and the meatloaf. And they start eating like meat pigs? Meatloaf, beetloaf. <laughs> I hate meatloaf. That's what I always think of. <laughs> and she makes him like, eat yeah. face plants like to the mashed potatoes. Eat like a piggy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, I wanted to get that out of the way because that's, that's an obligatory Thank you. Groundhog Day thing that we do here among many, many things that we do that some may say, what is that all about? So there you go. I might go to this cantina maybe and just get like a Twinkie or something and just. They have Twinkies try. down the hall, don't do they? Do they? Uh, we might not have to find sure There might not. be cake down there. We'll go see if there's cake, and I'll try to eat cake in it's one It's the bite. best cake, too, because yeah. it's from down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> Which, is, by the way, is like a, like a, if you walk into like a Circle K, it's like that kind of food. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, a, it's a self-checkout Circle K. It's like a Circle K down there. Yeah. Yep. Which is weird to say, because when Zoki and I started working here, we had a full-blown cafeteria mm-hmm. downstairs. I am so sad that I didn't know about this. That seems like this. a different lifetime ago. Like, yeah. not even a different era. Like, did that, almost like question, did that actually happen? Because now you walk down, there's nothing down there, basically. In that, yeah, there's a vending machine that's always off. It's and what's up with the door down there? There's like no handle. <laughs> it looks like somebody like blew a bomb up or you something. You can't get in there. or out. It looks bizarre. Are we doing the Mandela effect? Like we're, we're, we've decided that we there needs to be a, a cafeteria We all here. have the same shared experience that didn't happen. <laughs> that it actually wasn't real. But see, it was because Mrs. Uh, Kelly was here. Mr. and Mrs. Kelly ran the place, and you go down there. Oh. And I used to go down there when I first started working on this show. Uh, I had obviously a finite amount of time during breaks, and I knew exactly how long it would take me to go out the door, down the stairs, go through the line. And she would, she would. I mean, you could buy, you could buy a full meal for about three bucks. Where was the kitchen? Where did they cook it? Where what, was the kitchen? The kitchen. Actually, if you go behind where the vending machine is right now, you'll see a door, and there's stuff behind the hall that I have a feeling if you got a key and went back there, you could probably see the bones of the kitchen back there. I could there. probably find a stove and stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt but it. To the left when you go down the hall was where like the, 
cafeteria seating was and all that. Do I, did I have a Mandela one on this one? Did, was there like daycare down there too? I feel like there was like the day, like a daycare room if you had to bring your small child to work. Now see this. I never used it, but I, I recall that at, for briefly well, anyway. Well, given good. given the scope of the Pine Terrace, which is what it was called, uh, the Pine Terrace, and then down this they had a down there where we can see out the window. That's where you could sit outside where Zoki's talking about. But given how full blown and elaborate that was. I don't know the answer to your question, but I, I, I bet you some of the people who used to work here could tell us, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I, th- that definitely was not there when I, I got here in right around 1990. You know what's funny is I got a message from a listener yesterday asking me to make a video of the studio, of where we work and what the building is. So I should do that today and walk down and show them the cantina and then show them the vending machine that's always off. That's if you could get through the door. <laughs> yeah. If you can get in or out of that door. It's like somebody blew the handle off like <laughs> I mean, if you <laughs> stick a dynamite, if you go downstairs, there are areas downstairs. I mean, I'm sure the security guards have to go there because they do their rounds. But there are areas of this building that I that are are probably, uh, if you go far enough, really untouched over the years. Well, there's a there, y'all alerted me to the fact that there are bathrooms downstairs because sometimes the bathroom is broken up here that's mm-hmm. in the lobby, um, and so you said just go downstairs to the bathroom. I was like, where's the bathroom? But they're like. Kids' toilets in those bathrooms. It's it's like preschool. So people were just smaller back then. They're so little. They're like two. When Bo and I started here, the people were very small, like five two at the most. That's like, where, that's where all the little people were. Yeah. So maybe there was daycare, and that was the kids' toilet. Oh, like I don't. That, it's all coming could, together now. It could absolutely be true. It's the tiniest toilet I've ever seen. Now here's another interesting thing. As long I, I'm curious as your answer to this, Jim. As long as we have collectively worked here, I bet I've been upstairs maybe. Two times ever. I've not been in many, many years, but for some reason during a period of time, we would go right up the stairs in the lobby. There's a conference room there, and that was a conference room we used. But um, And there was a day, like during that time, I walked out, and you could look over and see down on Channel 3's set and all that yep. stuff. I go, I didn't know all this even existed, like this whole like second <laughs> wing that we were never invited to. That was kind of like viewed as the TV offices, but there yeah. were some uh, couple we had overflow Amount of people and management. So we had a couple offices that were upstairs. And we yeah, had a conference. There's not a lot room. going on up there right now. Like, yeah, I've been. Yeah. I've actually there been is there a couple well, times. There's, there's not. Up not. There. Okay. No. Now hang on a second. We should just walk up there later and see what's going on. We should. On. We should do part of the show from up there. So Mark, you might be able to answer this question. Zoki just asked me. We were talking about the old Pine Terrace downstairs. Yeah. Were, so downstairs, uh, was there ever a daycare option for parents, like back in the 70s or 80s? Not that I know of. Okay, because yeah. you've been here the longest of all of us. Yeah. You Maybe I just brought my kids and dropped them off with strangers for a couple <laughs> hours while I was working. You could tell Mary just in assumed, the cafeteria, here, watch him. I just assumed it was a daycare. It was actually fellow employees who were watching my kids. It was the tiny toilets that threw you well, off. Upstairs, Beth, uh-huh. the toilets are huge. From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WPT. This is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. News Talk 1110 WBT. All right, I realize this is a... I mean, this is a very uh, finite group of people that would be able to call and talk about this, for the most part. But Ron, you're on WBT with the story of eating at the Pine Terrace Cafe below us right now back in the day yeah hey ron <laughs> yeah hi so you you ate there did you work here yes no no i didn't work there i had a i was there with a, a friend of mine were there i was happened to be there to be on their top of the day program ah. this was back in um, 78 79 i'm not sure exactly but 
a hundred years ago. But I'm and, right. Uh, but uh, but did I strive to describe it the way you remember oh, it? Yeah. yeah. I, I had I had I had some of the best veal parmesan I have ever had. What? In their veal parmesan. <laughs> they had veal parmesan, y'all. I I mean, all I get access to is Cheez Its and an Uncrustables. It was a five star restaurant. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, oh, it gets yeah. This was, it was it was really something. It uh, let's just change it. You know. You don't know what there used to be a muse, used to be a museum there off of the lobby that had yeah. all this history yeah. stuff. Yep. Now that was there when I that was here for a long time. Yeah, I remember that. Our now, curator David yeah, Eads. <laughs> well, you, there, there were there were there were two there were two pieces of antique radio equipment that I tried my best to get them to trade me because I, I collect antique radios and Aww. they. Uh, and I and there were two pieces in there that were really rare, mm-hmm. but they're not really a radio, but they're part of a radio, but mm-hmm. they're not a radio. And and I tried to trade them something you know better than that because of these because I wanted these two pieces and and they couldn't do anything about it and now they've disappeared. You should well, have traded like, the veal parmesan. Well, I'm here to tell uh, you that uh, you could go down there and you could get an uncrustable. But Mrs. Kelly would have said, "You want to take the, you want to take the, uh, the what do they call it, the, uh, the crust off." The crust off. She'd say, "I'll take the crust off for you right here," and she'd she'd she'd, uh, she'd cut it off cut right in front of you. Sandwich for you. Hey, Ron, we appreciate you calling, man. That's uh, d- so sweet. He uh, he is one of the. So that's a rarity right there. Is somebody who ate at the Pine Terrace but did not work here. Yeah. Wow. Back the security were very lax back then. You could just walk right in and sit down and do radio and eat. I feel like we should bring this back. We need more old school life in this current life. <laughs> Why can I not think of crust? After you just said uncrustable. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> hey, what's, what's the that? part of the bread you take it's, off? It's been it's been a long week. <laughs> it has it has been a week and a half. Or more, just this week. I want to do something. Uh, I want. Well, you know what? Boomer's not, not. I don't know that Boomer's listening. I'll tell you what I want to do because uh, maybe we'll do it coming up after the next break. So yesterday, first time in thirty years, thir- thirty years. Think about that. I mean, I thought this guy would never. Is Boomer there now? Hey, what's going okay, on, guys? Okay, good. All right, we got a. Nobody in this room except me has heard what I'm about to play. You guys, okay? For the first time in thirty years, Billy Joel released a new song. Oh man! And uh, you know, this is. I mean, for years people have been wanting him to go back and record, but he he's done some classical music. But he's essentially since 1993, with a couple of of of, of rare exceptions. But 1993, River of Dreams was his last full fledged album. Oh, and that song, Blonde Ever Blue, from that that oh, so good. And he essentially from what you could tell just lost the 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 motivation to make music like that again and, and a lot of people saw, thought that he'd never do it again i saw him two years ago at bank of america stadium and it was a great show but it's all songs that are 30 plus years right, old that we all know so uh sort of out of the blue about uh, about two weeks ago he posts on social media that he has a new song he's going to release it and he did on february 1st and now we've gotten word that he's going to debut the live version of it on the grammys coming up on sunday night oh cool oh, um Billy Joel. and i tell you what so the the song is about four minutes long. I want to play the whole song. I'm going to play it okay. just so we uh, don't get off time here. I'll play it coming up at 7.20. But it got me thinking. I want to tell you all straight up. I listened to it last night. And um, I'm a big Billy Joel fan, as many of you are. And, of course, when you think about this, you hear about it, you're thinking, how in the world can it live up to what you want it to be based on all of the incredible songs that he's released. And how long we've waited for right. a song. So how can this possibly be what uh, what everybody thinks it should be? And the guy is in his 70s now, so has he lost a step? I'm here to tell you my reaction to it was, and I was about a third of the way into the song, and I went, 
oh my goodness, he actually did it. Like <gasps> this is, this is to me vintage. I think this will be right up there with a lot of his his standard, his classics. Oh. But I may be wrong about this. And I have Zoki and Bernie and Beth and Boomer. Uh, when we come back, I want to see if you all agree because I started thinking about it after it was over. Okay. You know, uh, comebacks. Think about the comebacks, the rare comeback that lives up to the hype. We can mm-hmm. think of so many examples where something was built up and something was, you hoped it would be what you wanted it to be, and it so often isn't. Uh-huh. But there are a few cases I can think of, and we can think of other examples of comebacks that lived up to the hype. Um, so we'll talk about that. But first and foremost, right after the break, uh, we'll play this song and see if you all agree with me. I feel like you set the bar so high now. Now I'm just going to be listening with like heart, hearts in my ears. And you may be thinking I'm setting you up to be disappointed. I know. What I, if, what if it, I know, I'm disappointed? I know you pretty well by now. And I, I think I would be shocked if you don't agree with me. But we'll see. Well, and I'm sitting here now thinking about comebacks. I can't think of anybody who has come back and done it well. Like, I, have, I can think of two. Um, and, and we'll get to that when we come back. Do you and remember when U2 was on everybody's iPods? <laughs> that, was a, that, was a, that was a forced that comeback. Was forced, yeah. yeah, they were forced. Yeah, upon. it was forced on all of us, and it wasn't a good album. Was it called like Red or the Red Shoe or something? Well, it's, it's still in my uh, It's still inbox. in mine, too. Uh, and by the way, they're going to be at the Grammys as well. They're going to be on the broadcast. I think they're going to do a song from the, the sphere in Vegas that they've been doing. You know? Oh, that big ball. Yeah. I had a huge crush on Bono, though, in high school. I think they live in the sphere now. I don't think they go outside of it. But anyway, Billy Joel's big comeback. See if you agree with me that uh, it was worth the wait coming up. And by the way, the song is called Turn the Lights Back On. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's even a good title. Yeah, it really is. All right. News Talk 1110 WBT. We'll get to the Billy Joel song momentarily. Let's go to the WBT hotline, 704-570-1110. Neil wants to say hello on a Friday morning. Happy Groundhog Day, Neil. Good morning, and thank you for my cup of coffee. Aww. First of all, I need to say I need to say thank you very much to Beth and Bill. Let me explain to you why. I just closed my house today, yesterday. It's because of you guys with Christian Bernard. <gasps> oh, wow. Okay. What? And, yeah, and I want to explain to you, folks out there, what they say on these commercials, it's true, 100%, okay? Now, I also want to say thank you, goodbye. I first came to Charlotte in 1975, and I listened to Rock and Ray on the radio All right. on a Sunday. All right, okay. Okay. Then I got into banking, and I worked with Rock and Ray with Penny Pitch. I worked with John Hancock's wife of the Blood Drives. Mike Collins with Park Ministry, uh, and WBT will always have something in my in my heart. H. A. Thompson, Ty Boyd, uh, Henry Bogan were customers of mine in banking, uh, and became became good friends. Uh, I even played softball in the field down below and won a championship game. Uh, also, Beth, what? we have something in common. What? Uh, yep. Also, we have something in common. We both lost. We ran for Congress. <laughs> oh, congratulations! Well, what do you mean, losing? To <laughs> 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 be honest with you, it's probably, probably the best thing in my life I lost. But anyway, you guys, all these years with WBT, have been fantastic to community. It, it really is of, of what you all have done over the years. You've made Charlotte what Charlotte is as a family and what your program is as a family. Okay, And even though I'm leaving Charlotte, uh, since 75 and started a new beginning um, that I just want to say thank you so much. I still listen to you guys sometimes. I will. 
But I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you. What a beautiful phone call. Thank you so much for taking the time to reach out to us and for trusting us and using Kristen Bernard. We told you she's awesome. Yeah. Um, This is so this is such a great phone call. What a great way to end our week. Okay. Well, enjoy your happy Groundhog Day. Okay? Well, in honor of Groundhog Day, we should just play this every segment from here to exactly. 10 o'clock. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, Neil, thank you, and we'll pass that along to Kristen. Hopefully she was listening, but uh, I'm not surprised okay. at all. It's what, we, it's what we hear from people all the time. Yeah, so. she's my realtor, and I love her. Okay, Boomer, are, are you listening? Absolutely. Okay, so here we go. This is what I promised. I would play this new Billy Joel song, which is called Turn the Lights Back On, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm the only one, right? I'm the only one who's heard this. Yes, right? I've not heard this. So uh, I'm going to play this, play the whole song. This is Billy Joel's After 30 Years comeback song. He's going to play it at the Grammys, but he released it yesterday. I think this instantly was, I mean, this is one of my favorite Billy Joel songs now. I'm not kidding. Wow, that's high praise. Here we go. Please All right. open the door. Nothing is different, we've been here before Pacing these halls, trying to talk over the silence And pride sticks out his tongue Laughs at the portrait that we become Stuck in a frame, unable to change I was wrong I'm late, but I'm here right now Though I used to be romantic I forgot somehow Time can make you blind But I see you now As we're laying in the darkness The cold settles in, it's been a long wind of indifference And maybe you love me, maybe you don't Maybe you'll learn to, and maybe you won't You've had enough, but I won't give up on you I'm late There's still time for forgiveness Won't you tell me 
how I can't read your mind But I see you now As we're laying in the darkness Did I wait too long To turn the lights back on I'm here right now Yes, I'm here right now Looking for So I I was sitting here with my eyes closed listening to this in my in my headphones and I am and you guys know this about me I'm very very drawn to the message of a song to the mm. lyrics of a song to what someone trying to imagine what someone was trying to say or to create and what an what a beautiful and we all are in this age you know where we've been married for a while where we have existed in different phases of our love lives and our marriages and that song is probably one of the most beautifully written apology songs. And I don't know if that's what he intended, but he's like, I'm late, but I'm here right now. Is it too late to say I'm sorry? I finally see what I've been missing, you know, because how many times have you had those conversations over the course of a relationship where you're like, I just need you to see me. And what a beautiful thing to write is he married or is this to christy brinkley maybe well i mean there there are different levels you could go here you could also talk about his comeback to music like we just talked about he's been away for 30 years oh, and maybe he's turning that. the light isn't that funny I, I immediately took but, it to relationships but it, it, you 100 could be that and and so when it broke into the second verse and the the piano really started going if you compare that to always a woman it's that same cadence, that same. <laughs> well, it's got the classic. It's exactly got the, what I was thinking. Yeah, it's it's the got same. the classic Billy Joel sound. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so yeah. let's go around the room. Are you in agreement with me that it's uh, that it's right up there? Um, I love it. My heart was filled, and when it uh, and when the strings came in, I got cold chills. So I have already opened up iTunes, and <laughs> I am currently downloading it into my newest. We playlist. have a sale. We have a sale. I liked. Uh, you said how it sounded like classic Billy Joel. It did, but it was still fresh. It yeah. wasn't like a lot of times they'll repeat the song like it didn't really sound mm-hmm. like it. Uh, She's always a woman had that flavor, but it wasn't just like recycled. Right. It felt new. It felt um, new. And his voice was still very good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the fact that it was like on brand. Mm-hmm. He didn't try to do something wacky that didn't sound like him, but yet it didn't sound stale, like he had just retread something from 40 years ago. Right. right. Bo- Boomer? I thought it, sounded v- it was vintage. Yeah, Joel. vintage. I like very, that word. Very much uh, so. I mean, I, my expectations were... I mean, this is he's seventy four now. Right. Um, he hasn't released a song since he was in his forties, and wow. at least like this, like a full blown pop single. And I don't know when I say pop, I don't know where this lands on the radio, other than us. And you know, it's not going to be on top forty radio. But I, I wonder, though. I mean, I think that will become a staple at his concerts. You know, I think that'll be on what we call adult contemporary radio. But he's going to perform it at the Grammys. But he just tapped into what made him. Like immediately, mm-hmm. you're thinking about that, and the strings kick in. I just thought, wow. To me. That's a comeback that 
that exceeded what I thought it was going to be. Well, he's 74 now. That sounds like 1974. Didn't it? It surely yeah. did. Yeah. And the it lyrics. Really Do we know? Did he write it? I'm sure. Right? I think so. I'll, I'll look during the break. Now, now wow. we just heard from Boomer. Now let's go to Bernie, because you're the young end of this. What did you think of that? I've never been like big into Billy Joel. I've heard a few of his songs, but uh, that was really good. And first, you guys said he's 74. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got a fantastic voice, yeah. what that sounded like. Well, that, that was very good. Very good song. Now, I said before we played it, I said, think back to the comebacks that you can think of. How many comebacks actually uh, were worth the wait, were worth the hype? Mm. I can think of a couple more that now stand next to that one because that, yeah. one, that one now falls into that category I for have me. none. There's not one single one that can compare to that. And I do. I mean, and admittedly, I love Billy Joel. Um, so, like, oh. And so, and so you had high standards of what you wanted that to be. What I wanted it to be. But, I, 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 I mean, you know the Lullaby song from the River of Dreams album? He just writes such beautiful lyrics that cut to the heart of love. And he did it again. And it's like, but it's cutting to the heart of mature love. It's a deep analysis. <laughs> Mark, did you like it? Did you hear any of it? I did. I got to hear part of it. I did like it. I, I yeah. like Billy Joel. I thought it was excellent. I didn't know he was 74. 74, going to be on the Grammys on yeah. Sunday night. And uh, and what we don't know, but I hope, look, if this is any indication of what he's still capable of, I hope he's got an album coming up after oh, yeah. this. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think the uh, reception is going to be uh, huge. All right, look, 704-570-1110. Uh, comebacks that lived up to the hype. Can you think of any other ones? Because I've got oh, two right. other than this one. Um, or we can talk about comebacks that completely... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're nothing I mean, there's, there's Baker Mayfield. Yeah. But just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to the Cam news Newton. center. Cam, yeah, Cam Newton, that didn't, yeah. for one game, maybe. <laughs> Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. turn to this tiny hamlet in western Pennsylvania to watch a master at work. The master, Punxsutawney Phil, the world's most famous weatherman, the groundhog, who, as legend has it, can predict the coming of an early spring. So I guess the question we have to ask ourselves today is, does Phil feel lucky? Then it's the same old shtick every year. The guy comes out with a big stick and raps on the door. They pull the little rat out. They talk to him. The rat talks back, and then they tell us what's going to happen. Oh, isn't he cute? Hey, uh, you like your guys with the prominent uh, upper teeth? No. (laughs) (laughs) So are we ready to, uh, to hear what happened this year? Oh, so I was hearing that the the poor little groundhog's getting it wrong more times than more often than not now because of uh, changes in the weather. Yeah, well, um, poor little guy. Oh, they're making excuses for him he's, now. Yeah, he's struggling. So moments ago in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, here is uh, exactly how it all went down because we were uh, in the middle of playing uh, the, the Billy Joel song, so I didn't want to interrupt that. But uh, we have actually found out how this is all going to be for the next year. And go. Uh, well, you know what, Bernie, it's not going to work. <laughs> 
I had, I had the best laid plans, and now this thing is frozen. So I will leave you in suspense. <gasps> that means there's going to be six more weeks of winter because it's frozen. <laughs> is that right? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know because I, I, I queued this up because I saw it happen, and now it's, uh, well, that's. I will tell you it's because I am in close proximity to your computer because I give off some kind of electromagnetic current that breaks technology. I broke three credit card readers this week. Just three? By, yeah, three. Maybe you're just doing it wrong. No. I- <laughs> Is that illegal? That's got to be illegal. No, I don't know. Like, you're sticking your car keys just, in it or something. Just by standing near it, they just stop working. So weird. Well, maybe it is you then. Yeah. Three? That's a lot. Yeah, three. In one week. Three this week. And when I, sometimes like if I, if you have rabbit ears on your TV, if I walk past them, the TV will go out. And who has those? <laughs> okay. I can't remember last decade somebody had I've rabbit got, ears. I've got the feed here. Here See, we go. it worked. <laughs> it's exactly how this is all supposed to go. You ready? A prediction right. has been made, Mr. President. This is uh, moments ago in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. The groundhog is being held up, ready for the verdict. Here Hear ye! Now on this February 2nd, Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of all prognosticators, was awakened from his wintry nap at dawn. (laughs) I can't believe this. It just went to it. This is like Groundhog Day of me trying to do this. Just just tell us what happened. I don't know what happened. We were waiting to find out together because we wanted to hear what. And here's my question Who learns what the. To speak groundhog. Who, 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 that guy with the top hat. You hear, so gather round and let me be clear. Atmosphere is a wonderful thing. Get to it. And we can create our own and the weather it brings. Uh huh, uh huh. It brings hope for the future and so much more. Oh, come on. Maybe some Punxsutawney Phil write in votes in 2024. Ooh, nice little poem there, top hat. <laughs> But what this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. An early spring is on the way. And there you have it. You know, spring is Is that just for that little town or for everybody? For the whole world. The whole world? Well, except for the Southern Hemisphere. That's the most on-brand <laughs> thing we've ever done. We tried to go to the Groundhog Day announcement, and it kept happening that it started over again. It kept yeah. pausing and starting right, over again. Right, And if only Sonny and Cher had been playing in the background, <laughs> it would have all that, worked. That guy was certainly good. milking his moment, wasn't he? Like, yeah. Once a year, he gets to come out of his shadow or hole or whatever. Yeah, he comes out of his, <laughs> his log, puts on a top hat, and reads a poem he's been working it's, on it's, all year. It's Aaron Rodgers here to announce what's happening. <laughs> you ask and you receive, Beth. What was that again? I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. Because you survived a car wreck? You folks ready to order? I didn't just survive a wreck. I wasn't just blown up yesterday. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, <laughs> frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. Oh, really? And every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. I got just enough time. To bring Kirk on. Kirk, you're on line one with a, a comeback, a comeback story suggestion to go along with Billy Joel. Yeah, mega Buffalo Bills dittos there, BT squared. Hello. <laughs> I'm a uh, big Boston fan, and uh, I'm a little, I'm just a few years older than you guys. Uh, 
but uh, when they released their second album in 78, they didn't do anything forever. And then uh, when they came out with the third stage album in 87, I think that was the best album they ever did. I mean, I don't remember there being a whole lot of hype about a comeback, but, you know, they, they had a 10-year hiatus there. Oh, so, Boston. I didn't think about Boston. I don't think yeah, about Boston the, hardly ever, actually. <laughs> the well, city they, or the band? Believe it or not, they, they still tour. Uh, really? Brad Delp died, but the lead singer lives down in South Charlotte. He he was a Home Depot uh, uh, contractor uh, guy, and uh, his name is uh, Brian DeCarlo, or uh, uh, Tommy DeCarlo. Yeah. I saw him play at uh, with his son down in uh, the uh, uh, Hickory Tavern in Valentine a couple years ago. You would swear it was Brad Dell. Wow. I was just going to say, there's a, band, there's a band in Charlotte called DeCarlo, and they play they, a lot they of bars. They play Boston songs. I thought it was a yeah, cover band. So. I didn't realize it was a member of the band. Yeah. All right. Well, Kurt. Yeah, he, he, he's your lead singer when they tour. He's their new lead singer. Wow. What that's, a, a, that's a great Charlotte story. Did you hear us play the Billy Joel song? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. yeah. All right, so they're Boston. There's a vote for a comeback that was worth worth the hype, yeah. or at least worth the, the wait, I guess. And we got a caller um, in the break who said Tina Turner. Tina Turner's Private Dancer was a great comeback album. Tina Turner in the 80s, yeah. Yes. And then there was The Firm, the supergroup of the 80s. You know what? <laughs> Since we were just playing Sonny and Cher... When Cher came out with her solo album in that's the 90s, true. that's a good comeback. Yeah, that's true. She had one in 87, and then she had another one right after that. Because, uh, yeah, wow, I was, Cher's another good one. Kind of in the, the Tina Turner lane. Yeah, yeah. All right, News Talk 1110 awesome WB. Call, Kirk. Yeah, thank you, Kirk. We appreciate it, man. And who, who, who was the other one who mentioned Tina Turner? Was that, uh, who was that, Bernie? Tracy? Tracy. Tracy. Yeah. I still haven't told you my two. Uh, I, number one was Michael Jordan coming back after ta- you know, going to play baseball. He plays music? No, I'm no. Yeah, you always go off <laughs> topic. Like, it's a yacht song, but it's not a yacht song. <laughs> Did I say Jackson? No, you oh, said, I said Jordan. Okay, you said yeah. Jordan. And the other one, but I in addition to... Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> It'll come back to you. Oh, I know what it was. It was Eddie Murphy coming back to SNL a couple of years ago when he did the the uh, Saturday Night Live episode. That was a great comeback. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. There's a few more in honor of Billy Joel coming back today with a new song. And then, of course, this was the one that just got recommended to us. I didn't know we could do not music comebacks. Oh, you didn't? No. Yeah, you didn't really specify The rules part. have changed. So be thinking. Betty White. Oh, that's another great Coming back to SNL, Emma Emma would love that. She came to SNL after you know all this time where she after the Golden Girls, and then suddenly she was in movies and stuff. And it wasn't Golden Girls kind of a comeback from early in the career. Yeah, for B. Arthur too. Yeah, exactly. All right, Boomer. Yes, sir. What's going on, man? I'm thinking about the Eagles. They took 14 years off. Yeah, see, see, now they're starting to flood in. Yeah. They, they knocked it out after 14 years. Man. Yeah, Philadelphia deserved that moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant, I thought we were still going off, off music to the sports. <laughs> I blew Beth's mind because she said we could go off of music. I know. Now I'm like looking up things. All right. Go get Beth. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Boomer's so good, he didn't need no, to come back. He's no, just always man. been here. <laughs> Don't call to come back. Don't call him to come back. Friday morning in the Tie Boyd studio, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, Crossing the Streams, brought to you by PhD Weight Loss. Brett Winterbull now joins us. Good Groundhog Day to you. Yes, it's uh, a great Groundhog Day today. 
six, not no, I was about uh, to say six more weeks of spring, but we spring is, we're going to have an early spring according to the groundhog. Darn tootin'. <laughs> we deserve it. It's we been, do. it's been absolutely subarctic out there. Yeah. Let's, let's bring on the spring. I'm ready. Yep. Let's I'm ready this. for it. So, uh, Friday morning at the end of a, a very busy week, we of course had the, the debate the other night, and I know that we've uh, all talked about that a lot. Uh, I'm curious, uh, as we continue to look at the polling numbers that come out uh, showing where Trump stands versus Biden, and then where Nikki Haley would stand versus Biden, mm-hmm. you know, when they do these head-to-heads about what you know, the hypotheticals, uh, because that's obviously the thing that Nikki Haley is pressing the most right now, is that what her numbers would, are better against Biden head-to-head than Trump would be. Although there's a poll that came out yesterday, I believe it's the Quinnipiac poll, that uh, says, but if you put a third party into that mix, Mm -hmm. then she doesn't win. And these are all things to consider, but I wonder how much... How much? How much is this uh, worth talking about uh, as, as it relates to how this is really going to play out? Well, I'm I'm just going to move ahead into the future, and I'm going to tell you this right now: it's going to be absolutely incredible. Ohio State is <laughs> going to defeat um, uh, the University of Texas at the national championships by a score of sixty-four to two, um, <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. See, this is this is the way too early part of the polling that, that we've got going on here now. What it is 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 a snapshot in time. We could go out and we can pull uh, a number of things. We can talk to a number of people, but we 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 don't know, you know, what this picture is going to look like in 180 days, um, let alone you know 240 days. So, I, I think. Um, I think it's interesting stuff. Like it's stuff that we have to actually cover, obviously, because you know the ebbs and the flows. But um, I think for the time being, like the the action is really going to be down down the ballot in uh, state races, and then of course also in the uh, in the congressionals and things like that. So that's that's where the action is going to be for now because we got primaries, we got all that stuff. We got our primary taken from us. It, our primary was taken. I, I know Nikki Haley maybe thinks that she can get back in there, but. The, the 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 cake is baked. Well, you know, it's um, it's a fascinating study right now because there's a, a chunk of the Republican Party that's very, very much behind Donald Trump. Sure. And you would think because of they, they wanted to, they went through the process of saying, hey, can we go ahead and make him the presumptive nominee that the RNC is behind him? But then you know, a story came out yesterday about fundraising and you know the fact that Joe Biden has a, a lot of money raised and isn't having to spend any on a primary, that Nikki Haley is still raising money, but that Donald Trump is struggling in the fundraising area only because he's having to spend some of that money on legal bills. But the RNC mm-hmm. apparently having one of the worst fundraising years they've yeah. had in more than a decade. Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, the RNC is is not well regarded by people who um, who are in in the MAGA movement. Uh, they they they're they're viewed as you know insiders. You still have the stench of a of, of a Mitt Romney loss. You still have. Uh, a number of things that are that are there, and they're not going to they're not going to you know kick money into the into the cause. I think uh, nobody nobody. How, how popular is Mitch McConnell and and Chuck Schumer? Right, they're probably in the teens. Um, I would say Rana McDaniel is probably in the singles. Yeah, not the teens. I mean, she's probably in the two five percent. Are you surprised she's still there? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, time and time again, when when Trump. Her time to get off the stage was when Trump 
lost in 2020. She should have been like, well, you know what? I did what I could do. I'll see you guys later. And then maybe come back in another cycle. Like maybe come back for this one uh, because you would have lost in those other cycles. I, I, you know, that's, that's the way I view it. But there's, there's that allure where people just stay at the party too long. Whatever happened to Reince Priebus? Um, What's he doing now? Because you That's know a good he question. he was That's he preceded question. her and then he went and worked in the Trump yeah. administration for a little while and then I'm sure he's I mean because Reince Priebus would be the perfect name for Milwaukee mm-hmm. right for the Milwaukee convention Eins zwei drei Reins <laughs> I mean it would be great and we could have beer parties and gardens um but you know I, I what what I would like to see in all in all candor and it's just us talking I know we're not on the air mm-hmm. three of us I would love to see the Republican Party headed up by Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy taking over that party. He turned it into an insurgent party. He would turn it into a resurgent party. He's a a person of color. He is a person who has uh, great accomplishments. Uh, if, if If I'm Trump, I'm not putting him in as a possible veep. I'm putting him in as the the RNC chair. That's an interesting thought. Do you think he would want to do it? I don't know. The only other person I would put in as the RNC chair, and this is no hashtag no sucking up, is the awesome chairman of the Republican Party in North Carolina. Because he gets gets wins. He gets wins. He knows how to win. When people are losing, he's still winning. Uh, we need we need people that are competent and really really good. Um, I would put in Ryan, uh, Ryan, I would put in <laughs> Ramaswamy just for the drama, but I would put in I would put in Mike Watley f- for for like the ability to just manage and get those W's, man. That and that and I'm sorry to have to put him in the spotlight like that, but he's he's an extremely competent person and a really good dude. Watley, I totally, I totally see that because you're right. He has run the Republican Party in North Carolina very well. Vivek, I, I wonder if he would create another scenario where more because it would leave out some of those the the more centrist people, all of the people <laughs> who are fleeing the political parties. You know, I yeah. feel like he would make more people flee the Republican Party. I don't know why. I think that he might. He might, but he also might attract people. He might bring um, new bodies in, too. That's true. And maybe younger people. I think the central command of the Republican Party right now is trying to figure out what to do with with Vivek. Oh, gosh. Because because they realize they have something. I mean, he's a ball of energy. And if they can figure out how to harness him and and wear it. I mean, and who knows? I mean, I I would say right now he's probably a a good bet for the uh, Trump cabinet if Trump gets elected. But I think there are people within the inner circle of the party that look at the guy and go think, where can we put this guy and harness the power and get the most out of him? Because he's He's a dynamo. There's no question he's about that. He's a fantastic it, it, public speaker. I mean, he's probably one of the best public speakers we've seen since uh, Barack Obama I mean, hit the scene. One of the best, and he's young. Yeah, he's young. One of the best uh, on the feet thinking. You know, thinking on his feet, politicians that I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, he's just uh, remarkable when you watch. Yeah, but him he, yeah, a, but he's got, but he's, he's also got that ability to bite your chin. You know, I mean, he'll just walk up to you and bite you on your chin. I mean, he's he's. We watched what. I, I I got uncomfortable with some of the stuff that he did to, yeah. to Nikki Haley yeah. I, that well, I thought was, you know, uh, obnoxious. Too I mean, over the top. And he does that thing that he speaks so fast that you yes. want to say, wait a minute, let me go just verify everything you just said. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You can't do it. Now, one last thing. If, if, I am, if I'm advising Trump to do anything in this election, okay, what I would say to Trump is figure out a way to get, and it's going to make people mad, to get 
RFK into your administration in some regard. What I would say to RFK is I'd be like, you know what, dude? Feel free. You got carte blanche. Go find out what happened to your father. Go find out what happened to your uncle. Go find out what kind of chicanery is going on. You've got my imprimatur to do that. Uh, Just go digging up some stuff because he's a lawyer. He's an activist. He's all that kind of stuff. And we ought to find out how much money's going out the back door that we're all getting ripped off from. And he's an unusual guy where I think you have people on both sides of the political aisle who are going, how do we harness that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's to vilify a Kennedy. Like that's that's pretty rich, man. You know, to be like he's just he's just a Kennedy. Uh, uh, yeah, Brett Winterbull show today, three yeah. o'clock. What's coming up? Um, Bo Thompson's going to join me at five oh five, and uh, the segment is brought to you by PhD Weight Loss. Uh, it's um, it's going to be a good look. I'm very excited. I'm happy. I'm in a great mood because it's Groundhog Day, and we're going to have spring. And Daytona's around the corner, and we're done with football. So I'm really glad. Uh, everything is really good. So since you've decided to have me on, uh, I'm telling you here on Groundhog Day, we're going to do this segment this afternoon at five oh five. From News Talk eleven ten and ninety nine three WBT. This is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. Now, see, you play that. You play the the buzzer, not the buzzer, the the ding. Yes, and it makes me think of the other night doing the debate, oh, where, yeah. it, where it sounded like you were at an old school full service, you know, run over yes. the tire. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it is uh, the Friday news quiz. Jones Angel, the uh, voice of the Tar Heels, he's playing head. in this. <laughs> no. Really? Oh, that'd be hilarious. Is he a smart guy. I'll have to book more time for the segment. <laughs> he, he's calling the Duke Carolina game that you'll hear on WET tomorrow night. He's going to join us at eight thirty-five. So uh, we've okay. moved a few things around, including the news quiz. But it's yeah. Friday. We always make sure that we do it. And here is your master of ceremonies, Mark Garrison. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, today is Groundhog Day. We'll talk about that in a minute. But did you know, Sugar Beth, that today is also National Bubblegum Day? Oh. National Bubblegum Day. I love me some hubba bubba. Mm, well, what was the first bubblegum? Was it double bubble, bazooka, or super bubble? Double I, bubble. I think super bubble. Bazooka. Double bubble. It was double bubble. Oh, Bernie! From the f- and me. Yes, oh, and Jim. <laughs> Best friends. From the Best f- friends. It was uh, <laughs> came from the Fleer Chewing Gum Company in 1928. All right, why is most bubble gum pink? It's part of the chemistry that allows you to blow a bubble. It was the only food coloring the inventor had. The marketing group thought it was a color that would increase sales among females. I'm going to go with C, actually. All right. I think I will go with C as well, Bo. All right. Didn't know Thank you for identifying yourself. <laughs> Thank you. That's Bo Thompson. He has a morning show. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm going to go with it was the only food coloring that they had at the time. All right. Uh, I will say C also. And Sugar Beth. What? Is correct. It was the only food coloring. See, I didn't go that because I figured, why did everyone else do that? That they had on hand and it just stuck. Oh, like gum. Like it stuck yeah. like the gum did. Ooh, I like what you did there. National Tater Tot Day is also today. Did you know that? I love tater tots. I had some the other day. Bubble gum and tater tot day. Yeah. How were the tots created first? By a farmer who accidentally dropped potatoes into a shredder, by using scraps left from making french fries, or by a factory owner who accidentally bought a trainload of potatoes and didn't know what to do with them? 
I'll go scraps. Okay. Yeah, same here. Scraps. French fry scraps, okay? It's French fry scraps. Okay. I'll go French fry scraps. <laughs> you all are absolutely right. They Finally. Used to, they used to feed the scraps to animals, but decided... We're wasting a lot of scraps here. Let's come up with something. So, And isn't it funny? It's like it's potato scraps, and they're so delightful. They are. Deep fried. Napoleon, crunchy. give me some of your tots. Napoleon, <laughs> give me some of your tots. No, my friend, you're wrong. Come on, give me some of your tots. No, I'm freaking starved. I didn't get to eat anything today. <laughs> I had no idea you had that ready, though. <laughs> that is so cool. He has everything always at the ready. All, All right. You never know. Groundhog Day today, if the little guy sees his shadow, uh, six more weeks of winter, but he didn't, so an early spring. But anyway, who created Groundhog Day? German immigrants to Pennsylvania, a newspaper editor, or members of a groundhog hunting club? I think B, a newspaper editor. Okay. I'm going to go B as well. I also like that answer. I like that answer, too. Uh, You're copycat, Beth. (laughs) But that is correct. It's also the right answer. A guy named Climber Freeze. He was the editor of the Punxsutawney Spirit. (laughs) Climber Freeze. Sounds like he's a member of Thurston Howell. (laughs) Climber Freeze. uh, That guy. uh, (laughs) Climber. That guy. When he started singing, I wanted to hit the gong. You have more sound effects than Bo. (laughs) I disagree. Uh, I thought it was great. I did too. Well, I some. Love- well, some. Well, we'll have to have a discussion about that. All right. Uh, here's. Uh, let's see. I got more questions here, and I know what to do with. We had a debate this week here on the big BT. Immigration was a hot topic. Which candidate said we should start deporting people right now? John Bradford, Lee Brown, or Mark Harris? I'm going to let Bo or Beth answer. Yeah, first, say, I they were there. there. Wait a minute. Oh, come on, Bernie. I, take thought, a guess. I thought someone different said it. I did too. I thought it was Alan Balkum. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go with B for I'm Bernie. I'm almost positive it was Alan Balkum. Well, Alan Balkum said he wanted to close and stop close, all immigration. Close everything yeah, now. He wants yeah, to okay. stop all immigration now. So you gave me three candidates. Which one? It was. Um, you said John Bradford, Mike. You should Don have listened Brown? the first time. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was Brown. No, well, I can't. Don Brown. What was the, and was the other one was Lee? What was his third one? Was Lee Brown? Did you say Lee and Don? All right, it was Bradford, Lee Brown, and Mark Harris. Oh, and okay. Mark Harris. I'm still going B for Bernie. I'll just say Mark Harris because they're not answering. I think they're waiting till we pick so we can't. I think Brad. Well, I'll, I'll go with Bradford. Yeah, I, it must have been John Bradford. It was Lee Brown. It was Lee really? Brown. Really? Wow. I have the tape to prove it. And that was B, right? Yeah. That was B. You guys were right. <laughs> Bernie wasn't even like, both both, it, both moderators got it wrong. Well, isn't it funny that you and I both thought it was Alan Balka? <laughs> well, yeah, because he said a version of that. Uh, yeah. And I, when he said it, I was like, wow, that was... It's the Mandela effect. Yeah, Did you say is. B too, Jim? Did you say Lee Brown? I, actually, no, I said Mark oh, Harris. Okay. Wrong. All right, now... Yes, I know it's wrong. <laughs> I get it. As part of all of that, we learned this week that a county commissioner in Rockingham got drunk, peed on a motorcycle outside a bar. What was the name of the bar? The Blind Pig, Double Vision, or The Bender? It, it was, was a thirsty beaver. <laughs> double Vision. Yeah, it was Double, double Vision. Double Vision. Yeah, like, like Foreigner, Double Vision. That's right. It was Double Vision and one wet motorcycle. Uh, let's see here. That's disgusting. Uh, what is the nickname for the weather system they're dealing with on the West Coast that can drop as much as five inches of rain in a single Bernie day? Bernie already knows I we were talking about it. I dropped this knowledge is, on them today. Did you really? Yes. Yes. Is it the Christmas bomb, the Pineapple Express, or the Pacific Blast? It's the... Go ahead, Bernie. You can say it, Beth. You go can ahead. say no, you, it. You, Pineapple you Express. It's the Pineapple it Express. It we were talking about it in the room. Ah. 
We all got it right. Yep, pineapple. Yep, pineapple indeed. Protesters threw pumpkin soup at what painting at the Louvre? The Mona Lisa, The Last Supper, or Night Watch? A, Mona Lisa. A. Yeah, Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. She always sings her answers. I know. <laughs> Double vision. It's annoying, isn't it? Uh, let's <laughs> he wants to put the gong on me, too. <laughs> oh, I can do that. Come on, sing a little and we will gong you. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Uh, I have a Today in History question for February 2nd. Thank you, Don Russell. Which one of these did not happen today? Grand Central Terminal opens in New York. The pork mutiny happened in Finland. Our President Kennedy first met Marilyn Monroe. Which one of these did not happen on February 2nd? I'm going to go with C. Okay. I'm going to go with A just to have a different answer. Well, I'll go with B, then. I'm going to go with B, too. I don't think there was any pork on the second. Well, the correct answer... <laughs> That'd be double pork. C, President Kennedy meeting Marilyn Monroe. Oh, Bernie! Bernie is a, I think Bernie's got to be I'm winning. wiping the floor. You okay. really are. Yeah, I'm well, killing it today. I feel well, like you're, like, on fire. Well, I was going to say, since it's about 8.15 here, and I'm yeah. sixteen, <laughs> I was supposed to write a newscast for 8.30. Uh, <laughs> who won, Bernie? I won! Bernie! I won this week! Bernie! Yay! Before, awesome. we, before we go to Boomer, I got something for Mark real quick. Can we do this, Bernie? Here we go. And here you go, Mark. Here you go. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Thurston Howell, uh. the official Yacht Rock Band of Good Morning BT with Bo God and Bethany. <laughs> I was tired. Mark. I hope they're not listening. I know. I love them so much. You just I sank their battleship. Them. I love them. I I'm, 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 I'm getting back on board. Yeah. Had to do it. Had to do it. And by the way, I'm was willing that to. Uh, <laughs> this was a somewhat successful Huey Lewis comeback. This song didn't really do what they thought it would do. The but Huey thought, Lewis comeback was when he was in that movie Duets with Gwyneth Paltrow and they yeah, had the, the cruising, cruising song. Yeah. See, you know what? I never liked that. Oh, I love it. See, yeah. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but 2001, he released an album called Plan B. That was the Huey Lewis comeback. My favorite one, at least. But anyway, uh, you know, last segment, I, I felt like, uh, you know, uh, a Grumpy down the hall tried to rain on our parade. So I just want to come back and say, <laughs> for the record, that uh, should have heard this. Thurston Howell, the official yacht rock band of Good Morning BT, with Beauregard and Bethany. <laughs> I was tired of my <laughs> Was he ad-libbing all that? Yes! He didn't plan yes. any of that? None he, of it. He was fantastic. I loved them, and I thought, like, man, I cannot wait to see them live. At, at first I kept thinking, this guy's amazing, he's not coming out of character, that I realized, I think he's just that. No! He is Thurston Howell. No, that was totally a character, because after the whole segment was done, then he talked to us normal. He's like, good, I'm glad that's over, I can talk to you in my normal voice now. And I was like, He turned what? back into Will Ferrell instead of Ron Burgundy. Yes! It was great! <laughs> 
That was Thurston Howell, who was uh, in here, uh, if you were here 24 hours ago, and I hope you were. Uh, they were with us yesterday, uh, Charlotte's Charlotte's very own Yacht Rock, yacht rock Band. The Yacht Rock Spectacular. What was, yes. what was his one line about crashing his yacht as many times as he could? <laughs> oh, crash my to, yacht upon her shore as miss, many times as she will allow. To miss this lovely Howell. Oh, my goodness. So uh, we're, they're coming... <laughs> <laughs> They're coming to Amos's, and we're gonna. I think we're gonna. We're gonna go April thirteenth. We're yeah. gonna do a Good Morning BT Saturday night out. Good evening, BTS. And I can't. Which means they have to play you. by like what five in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we're on. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what else is in the works, but there's something else in the works. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sing lead vocals with them. And even something else in the works. I believe that to be true. So uh, I want to go back to what happened yesterday at Bank of America Stadium, because, Zoke, you were there for the press conference that introduced Dan Morgan as the GM and, of course, Dave Canales as the latest Panthers head coach. Dave Tepper was there but spoke very, very briefly at the very beginning. And then somebody asked him later on if he's going to say anything else. And then what did he say? Nope. He said, said, I'm going to be in the background, is what he said. So he was not doing questions. Brand new sentence for David Tepper. Dave Canales was asked about uh, both of them, Morgan and Canales, uh, spent a little bit of time thanking people who had helped them get here. And Canales was was talking about his family, and he got around. He, last person he talked about, and you know, save the best for last. I think here, his wife. Um, and finally, my wife Lizzie. <sighs> it's really her fault. Twenty years ago, I'm, I'm the head JV coach at Carson High School. Fired up. I'm so excited. We go to play Venice High School. It's my first game coaching. She's sitting, sitting up in the stands with about 35 crazy parents. Um, and uh, we got smoked 34 to 13 that day. It was the greatest day of my life because I had found it. I found my passion. And after two years of doing that, she comes to me and she knew all I wanted to do was be the head coach at Carson High School. That's what I wanted to do. Take it, get us back on top. Um, try to win championships and do all that. And she said, hey, don't get me wrong. I love your dream. You're really good at this. I think you can go as far as you want, and I got your back. And I'll make it happen, whatever we need to do. And, and she did. And she worked three jobs at times. Um, and she told me the hard truths. Um, and when I had problems with players or coaches, she said, you know what you need to do? You need to sit down and have those conversations. And she's just been everything to me. This is our journey. This is our dream. Um, and we've been so excited and, and prepared for this opportunity. Um, so thank you, and I love you, babe. Wow. I love that moment. I mean, because it, it does take a team to create a life. I mean, you guys know this. You're married. It, it, it requires. It's a team effort. And what a beautiful tribute to his wife. Mm-hmm. That was lovely. You don't hear that a lot, that much description of how much – a spouse, how important a spouse is in the 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 role, the 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 dream, the goal, the life that's being built. That's just beautiful. Well, I think I believe it was Scott Fowler wrote an article um, where he talks about his life, and he had some you know rough spots in his life in uh, marriage and all that. Well, yeah, they wrote a book about his <clears throat> okay, addictions. So yeah, yeah. He, he has a book, and then they they do a whole, like marriage Bible studies and exactly. things together. So he's very uh, Christian faith based, and they have four kids, and they were all there, and the little boy put the helmet on, and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it was cool to see that and about his wife having his back. I was a little concerned, I'm not going to lie, that his first game as JV coach, they lost 34-13, because that kind of <laughs> stuck with me. It's like, oh, wow, 
<laughs> JV, 34-13. That's I mean, not a good start. The record, <laughs> the record doesn't lie. I never get a second chance to make a first that's impression. Right. Did, did, did you get the head coaching job with the varsity? <laughs> I will say, I don't, I don't have time to play the whole clip, but the very, very beginning of this one, it, to me, was the moment in the press conference yesterday that sort of stuck with me the most. Can I say I'm nervous? Is that all right? Yeah. I mean, you know, let's be honest. You know, just getting this opportunity, and I've got a ton of excitement about it. Um, I got a lot of things that I'm I'm ready to to put to the test, and that's been a lot of theory, you know, um, from a leadership standpoint. But yeah, this is a big task. This is serious for me. This is a this is a great opportunity. Okay. So, and he went on to say at the end, you know, yeah, I'm nervous. I mean, am I allowed to say that? So, uh, kind of a refreshing thing to hear uh, a guy in his position he understands the gravity of what's uh, yeah. what's ahead of him. I like all of his. I like his transparency. I like his vulnerability. I think that that makes for a great leader. I think he'll be good. I like the both of them, by the way. But I, my favorite of the day was just Dan Morgan coming back to the old school, the classic Panthers that were there, the legends, and trying to get back to that mentality of what they physical football and dogs and all that. And that that, that was inspiring. So I think you know, there'll be a great team together. They're both. I think be successful, but that was kind of the highlight to me was Dan Morgan bringing back the keep pounding kind of area. You guys are all afraid of me today and Bernie because we were fearing your logo. The logo was on my head, and he said, "Fear the logo again." I almost left when I saw you this morning because I was nervous. Did you call Garrison grumpy down the hall? I thought I thought I thought hands were gonna be thrown. He scared her back down here. All right. Uh, when we come back, the voice of the Tar Heels, Jones Angel, ahead of North Carolina and Duke tomorrow night, round one, right here on WBT. Trimble gets the ball. Inbounds it to Baycott at the high post. Hands off to R.J. Davis. He drives, took contact, can't finish. The ball's tipped up. No good. Davis wants a whistle. He did not get it. And Georgia Tech is going to upset Carolina by the final score of 74-73. As R.J. Davis still searching for the whistle which will not come. Carolina sees its 10-game winning streak snapped with the loss to the Jackets. That was a few nights ago here on WBT and across the Tar Heels Sports Network. Uh, And so, not quite as much momentum going into uh, round one of Duke and Carolina, but... You know, I don't know about that. North Carolina's ranked number three. Duke is number seven. And our next guest can uh, tell me what the what his anticipation level is. He is the longtime voice of the Tar Heels, Jones Angel. Jones, welcome back to the show. Oh, man, Bo. First of all, I think that's the first time I've ever been described as a long-time anything. So that, that's exciting. Well, how, uh, but... how long have you been the voice now? Oh, gracious. Uh, Bo, let me think really quickly. My <laughs> first season doing this was the 2011-12. Well, I guess that is a long oh, time. Oh, wow. That that is a long time. Welcome to Old Dog. <laughs> I guess we're looking at 11 or 12 years now, so it's, it's been a bunch of fun, and these games are always fun. Uh, Carolina Duke, it's been uh, really cool to be a part, a small part of these games uh, through the last however many years it's been and uh looking forward to talking with you guys this morning great to be back with you well look uh you know i I know uh we all know how big shoes they were to fill woody durham all those years but you've been you've been doing it a while now and you've seen a lot already in a in a in a short amount of time and and caught a lot of big games and and caught a lot of duke north carolina games i think this one i mean am i right about this this is you know you've got uh, duke ranked what number seven and carolina's number three at least right now they are uh we'll see what happens next week but you you know the georgia tech game was was earlier this week, and I know that was not what they wanted to happen, but this is the, the, the most competitive the two teams have been going into this game, and I feel like a while. 
Yeah, it's of course it's the first time they've both been ranked in the top ten since 2019. So it's uh, the first time that they've each had these um, consistently excellent seasons at the same time in a couple of years. Of course, they had those uh, very memorable matchups uh, the near the end of the 2022 season, both in Cameron, at least memorable for the Tar Heels in a very good way, uh, and Cameron. <laughs> at the end of the regular season and then in the final four. But um, these have been, I mean, I think pretty clearly uh, to this point, and there's still the second half of league play to go. Um, but I think to this point, they've been the best two teams in the ACC. Um, they've been two of the better teams in the country and uh, that they should um, match up in a pretty exciting way. These are both teams that can really score. Um, Carolina's defense has been really good this season, um, particularly since maybe mid-December on. Um, it's how they've won a lot of games. And so um, really looking forward to it. It's always intense when these two get together, no matter where they play. Um, both these schools raise their level of play when they get together. Um, and it's always uh, it's always a great time. So really looking forward to it. And for Carolina, um, clearly didn't play as well as it wanted to on, on Tuesday night, but didn't really make me change the way I feel about this team in any way. They had, they had a rough night, but uh, this has been a very good team and, and a team that I think can compete for the ACC and, and compete on a national level as well. Outside of RJ, not uh, many other players had good shooting nights. Was that yeah. just one of those rare off shooting nights, or was Georgia Tech doing something defensively? What, were your, what was your takeaway from that particular game? Yeah, no, that was one of the biggest problems in that game. R.J. Davis had 28 points, and nobody else had more than nine. And, I, you know, in looking back at it, yeah, I felt like Carolina got some good shots. You know, Cormac Ryan and Harrison Ingram were combined 6 of 28 in that game, and, and that's not very good. And those two guys have been good this season um, and are key parts of what Carolina wants to do. Armando Baycott only had nine points. He only has 19 points in the last three games. And he can help Carolina win in other ways, of course. He's been really good defensively. He's always been an excellent rebounder. He's Carolina's all-time leading rebounder. Um, he's done really well setting screens and things like that. But but he's more than that. He, he can be more than just a guy who gets rebounds and sets screens. And so um, Carolina needs him, I think, to be uh, more of a force on the offensive side. Um, and Elliott Cadeau fouled out of that game. And, and that's been an issue for the really talented freshman this year is he's had some foul trouble. And, and I think other teams are recognizing that Carolina's better when he's on the floor. And so they're trying to get him into foul trouble. I would assume Duke would do the same thing coming up on Saturday. So um, yeah, Carolina did not shoot the ball particularly well. It was their lowest field goal percentage and free throw percentage of the season. And they've been an excellent free throw shooting team this year. So yeah, I, I would chalk it up to an off night, but I would also say, you know, if, if that happens two or three nights in a row, then you start um, getting a little concerned. But I, I would chalk it off more, or chalk it up to more of an off night for the Tar Heels on, on Tuesday night. Now, Jones, you know I'm going to have to ask you a personal question because you Let's and I were. Do it, Beth. I'm ready. <laughs> you and I were at Carolina at the same time. We graduated around the same time. Now you are the voice of this team. Were you more nervous and more excited when you were a student watching Duke and Carolina play, or do you have the same kind of nerves? Are you more more excited now that you're the voice? Or are you just like more serious because yeah. this is your job and you have to be like <laughs> talking about? Yeah, voice. of course. No, that's a terrific <laughs> question, and you know, Zoe could talk some about this too. You know, I think you, you do have a certain level of nerves, but it's more—it's it, not nerves. It's more just energy because you're there for your job, and so um, it, it's more just kind of the anticipation. Um, the adrenaline a little bit, the, the, the energy, the excitement that you're in this really cool spot, this big game is about to happen, um, but you have a job to do. So I, I don't really think you 
let the nerves get in in that way. It's much worse as a fan. Like as I'm much more nervous watching yep. Carolina baseball or Carolina women's basketball or something where I'm not. I hate being a fan. I hate watching games. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how people do it. It's like I, 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 it's you're right. stressful. Because when you're working, Jones, you're, you're focused on doing your job. It's kind of exactly. background. But, yeah, it's the front of your brain is doing the job and doing a commercial read or something. Did you ever TP <laughs> yeah, Franklin say, Street? Uh, the one game that I do that has brought some nerves up was that 2022 Final Four game. Yeah. Um, oh. Just because it just felt like there was so much on the line. And yeah. there was such anticipation. And it was such a unique event. you know. And, and you knew what was going on with Coach Krzyzewski and his terrific career from the Duke side. And. Um, so I that that was as nervous as I've been before a game, uh, but still once you get in it, um, it, it it is you, you're focused more on on what you're doing. And real quick, because uh, I know you guys didn't actually know each other, but you went to school at the same time. Beth was the blonde girl who asked for extra homework and why there was no pop quiz that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. She asked, "Hey, dude, can we maybe get a few more things to do this weekend for class?" That, that might stir a memory that you might now recognize who that was. <laughs> Hey, uh, <laughs> well, I did ask really quick, and I need to know the answer because maybe we were there together. Did you TP Franklin Street ever? TP it ever? Oh, I'm trying. I the <laughs> the '98 Final Four run. I was on Franklin Street often. There you that. go. I remember that? We were there together. <laughs> we probably high five. I'm sure we did. I want to say one thing before we let you go, and because this is the first time we've talked to you since, and I know that uh, this is still a difficult season for all of you uh, since the loss of Eric Montross. But your intro, the the game, the first game oh. after uh, that happened, I mean, we replayed it on the air here a couple of times because I, I just thought it was so well done but I, I i know the whole whole network there is still trying to uh you know make it through this season with without the big guy there but i thought what you did at the beginning of that broadcast and of course the, doing the broadcast period uh under those circumstances i just want to say uh, that was really well done and, and heartfelt i i appreciate that it was uh that was a difficult game uh, the first home game was a really difficult game um, i did that one by myself uh, the charleston southern game we left eric's chair open uh that particular day and and it's been difficult all season long. We have a couple little reminders that we set up at broadcast location uh, with us, whether we're home or on the road every single time, just to keep them in our thoughts. And it's been hard professionally. It's been hard personally. And um, the one, I don't know if positive is the right term, but the one kind of heartwarming part is um, it's, been, it's been really great to see how many people Eric positively affected. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I think I knew that, but it's just been a kind of, in-your-face reminder of it, because every place that we've gone, um, you know, the opposing schools have been so uh, have been so accommodating and so classy. I mean, they've, they've you know, we've had flowers left for us and kind of memorial name tags left for Eric, and there have been moments of silences, and people have donated to the Sophie B. Loud uh, Foundation, which is his uh, family's approved um, and suggested uh, foundation to help honor Eric, and um, fans have been so, uh, so emotional and so... Uh, uh, polite, I guess, uh, about it. And so, you know, I've really, it's been a joy for me to get to work with Tyler Hansborough and Tyler mm-hmm. Zeller and Pete Chilcutt and Marcus Ginyard, and those guys have done a great job. Um, but we certainly miss Eric every single day, and uh, we always will. He was, a, he was a terrific player, a terrific broadcaster, but most importantly, he was a terrific person. Okay, so here we go. 17-4 Carolina, 16-4 Duke. That's Three versus seven tomorrow night, 6.30 uh, is, a, is the uh, network airtime, I believe, in 7.30 tip-off. Is that right? 
5.30 airtime, okay. 6.30 tip-off. Right, a little bit earlier. I was off by an hour. All right, 5.30 slash 6.30. You can hear it right here on WBT and across the state on the Tar Heel Sports Network. Thank you, Jones. Thanks, guys. Always good to talk with you. Phil? Hey, Phil? Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. <laughs> Ned! Ryerson! Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing! Again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Just so uh, you know, no shadow today. Ned Ryerson. Spring is on the way. Yay! <laughs> if you could trust that little... <laughs> that little rodent. Oh, yeah. Well, get that groundhog. Puxatawney Phil. Oh, it's another Bill Murray I want to train to be <laughs> the guy that gets the, the, the groundhog out of the stump. <laughs> then you'd probably have to move. I could just travel to, to Pennsylvania. You'd be a, a lot more entertaining than that guy. Right? I could write a way better poem. Yeah, the poem looks like it was written, you know, during the commercial break. And I could do one of those miniature top hats, you know, that has like a chin strap. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, but Would the, you wear a monocle? Of course. So, so Hancock, have you have you heard the new Billy Joel song? No. Okay. I wouldn't be able to hear it if I heard it. Yeah. Well, uh, it's interesting because we played like he's. You heard the deal though that he released a song for the first time in thirty years yesterday, and it's he's going to perform it on the Grammys on. Uh, I on didn't. Know, I knew he was going to be on the Grammys. I didn't know if he was going to do that song or not. I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, it's well, so good. Yeah, I mean, I, what I wonder now is, is this the precursor to an album? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, if this if this is an indication of what kind of album that album would be, please, oh, yeah. please, please, I hope Billy. so, because I worry about him financially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll help him get a new girl. Yeah. Those, those, Could never those get Madison any. Square Garden gigs at $50 a night are probably not going to last long. Oh, and by the way, he's playing select dates now with Sting. I, I'd be lining uh, up to see that. That would be pretty good. Guys, yeah. I really think, I keep giving us reasons to take this show on the road. A Billy Joel Sting concert would be another one of those reasons to take this show on the road. Please. Yeah, we have, we have a, like, uh, you know, all these reasons that are stacked up. We've got to start acting on some of these. I know. Well, we're going to have to start again. You know, we're just going to end up at Myrtle Beach like we always do. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> well, look, uh, we'll, we'll end this hour ahead of our final hour. Hancock's coming up next. We'll give you a little bit of that. That new song we're talking about, Billy Joel, released yesterday. And uh, I don't know about you. I, I do know, because Beth loves it, too, and Zoki, everybody in the room. Mm, I love it. Here we go. Did I wait too long to turn the lights back on? I'm here right now. Yes, I'm here right now. and 99.3 WBT.
This is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. John Hancock, WBT, keeping you in touch. Happy Groundhog Day to you and yours. Just the stupidest tradition ever. <laughs> it is. I was thinking about that today. It is. It is kind of dumb. But I. But <laughs> I think. Kind of dumb. <laughs> I love the little groundhog guy. Not the guy that. Put, but the little. The little. Put the Phil himself. He's so cute. Certified least accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the movie with Bill Murray has sort of given it like, like, like it wasn't. Was it the thing that it is now? Before that, I mean, I know, I know they did yes, it. Yes, it was when when you were a kid. It was a it was a thing. But didn't that sort of uh, just provide some momentum with it? Like I, I can't think of the day and not think of Sonny and Cher or Bill yeah. Murray or you know, uh, you know. But but I, I know it existed because I remember when I was a kid, we used to. But but outside of that, I just uh, every year, every year. Look at me. I, I do a morning show every year. I end up. You know, seven twenty-five. We want to see what happens, and we know how it's going to go. Uh, oh, but, when I worked on a morning TV show, we took that live feed every year on Groundhog Day to watch them pull that little critter right out of the stump. You know, you, like because you have to. You have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the little guy. I love the movie, but I don't know that I ever really paid attention to the what he says. Now, the, the Charlotte no longer has a groundhog, as far as I know. But for a while there, they had Miss Lottie. You remember her? Oh, I thought it was uh, Queen Charlotte, they called it. Maybe that's a... Uh, I think it was Miss Lottie. Miss Lottie? Uh, and uh, they finally figured out that she was a he. <laughs> uh, and I don't know... I'm not exactly sure who's in charge over there, but if they... if they uh, Wait, she identified as a she or she was a she? <laughs> I think they originally thought it was a she, and then they found out it was a he, or maybe it was vice versa. Or maybe he finally but, told uh, them. You know, maybe she had really small paws. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was this the one that was at the Nature Museum? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then I think she passed away or something, and they just at that point decided, yeah, we'll we'll let we'll leave it up to Phil. But you are right. I mean, it is a it was a big deal when you were in grade school. I mean, you know. But I almost think, and we were talking earlier in the news quiz about where it came from. It was created. He said it was created by a, a, a news. Guy, a news yeah, it was right? a, a guy who ran a newspaper, and it was just to get people out and about, and to have something to, I think, market his uh, his newspaper. Apparently, though, we got a um, a message from one of our listeners. Apparently, there's a, 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 a groundhog in Georgia, too, that that teeters out and <laughs> says hello. Hold on, they sent us a picture of him. That would be the Southern Hemisphere. Uh... <laughs> yeah, to see if they see his shadow or if the sun's in a different position, maybe. Joe Bob. Yeah. I must have. I can't find it. We we we're getting tons of messages, but anyway, there's got to be more than one. There's got to be oh, more I'm parts sure. of the country that have uh, decided to uh, try to pick up on the tradition. Well, I mean, uh, for a while there in Uptown Charlotte, you know, you have the ball that drops in New York City. They did they did the crown that raises here for a while, and they yeah. used to call it first night. Remember that? Oh yeah. Um, and then they had that re- weird year where it was the Uptown Downtown Countdown. Anyone? The up, down, uptown, uptown, downtown, downtown countdown. countdown. It was when they were trying to up to get uptown yeah. to stick. And then they had to change the name when they all moved to Center City. I found, <laughs> I found it. I found it, guys. It's in Jackson, Georgia. The little guy's name is Beauregard. They oh, call him Bo. Oh, oh. His name is Bo Lee. Bo Lee is the go-to groundhog in Georgia. And he also said 
that there was going to be an early spring. So both groundhogs. Beauregard and Lee, both big Confederate names. He may have been banned by now. He, <laughs> they, he may have been torn down. Here's a wait, picture wait, of him. Did you, say, did you say Beauregard? I think you did. Beauregard and, and who else? Thurston Howell, the official yacht rock band of Good Morning BT with Beauregard and Bethany. I was Bethany. <laughs> Boy, we're getting four formal. <laughs> we had a now. I know you used to have uh, the barbershop quartet that would come in here around Valentine's Day. Yeah, because they yeah because they were uh, they would uh, go around to office buildings and raise money for some charity. So we were giving away uh, Doobie Brothers tickets earlier this week, and we did this this thing, this whole thing where uh, we imagined we had yachts, and people had to call in and, and say, uh, we play a song and say, whose yacht is that playing from? And so we started talking about Yacht Rock, right? Um, and then we got calls from a local band called Thurston Howell, and they are a Yacht Rock band based out of Charlotte, and they came in studio yesterday and played for us. So I thought about you, because you used to do that with the Barbershop Quartet. I know in the early days, the Avett Brothers, right? Well, I think one of the band members said that they knew you, that they had done work with you in the past and had hung out with you and with Keith Larson at uh, at some point in their history Probably here in Charlotte. Probably one of Keith's rides. Yeah. Because well, Keith so, used to have uh, bands at his rides. So... Uh, so right on brand for us, we had a yacht rock band come do that for, yes. for this show. So that was yesterday. But anyway, that, she said, I, I told you Doobie Brother tickets is great. If you want to make some real publicity, give away some doobies. See what that does. <laughs> it's Eric Lovell and Gigi Dover. Do you know those people, John? Yeah. Gigi Dover. Yeah, yeah I know. Gigi. Yeah, yeah. And um, she used to be part of the New Bohemians. I think that was the band that she was with back in the day. Yeah. See? See, it's a... She's and she's and, and 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 she's 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 killer, and and her husband and I assume he's still her husband. Um, this guy can play a guitar. He was the one. He was in yeah. here playing the guitar. Oh, he's he is unbelievable. He, he's he is he is really 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 good. That was him, but he he does a whole character when he's playing with the Thurston Howell band. So that was him talking yeah. like this. That was him. Yeah, <laughs> that no, was he. They that were good people, he. and they did play he a couple of Keith's rides. They were so amazing, but just the loveliest, loveliest people. So much fun. They emailed us out of the blue, and twenty four hours later, we're here in our studio playing. That's that's commitment. I love. Well, they've been playing for a long, long time. And that's a you know that that's a hard life if uh, it's a hard life period even if you get even if you make it huge it's probably even harder when you're uh, if you make it huge. Uh, did so. you ever give away doobies on your show? Um, <laughs> no, I think that was to my. I proposed it a couple of times. Um, now you know I did go out to Colorado that one time and, uh, and with a uh, Go GoPro attached to me uh-huh. and uh, and went and bought legal marijuana. Uh, and this was right after Colorado had started selling it. And so I came back with the video of the process, pulling into the parking lot, talking to the guy at the front door, uh, back into the showroom, so to speak, a uh, guy behind the counter explaining this, that, and the other to me, and so on and so forth, bought some, went back to my car. Strangest feeling I've ever had in my life. Because it was here I am with a real pot <laughs> um, sitting on the car seat thinking, uh, you know, I better put this in the glove compartment or hide it under the seat or something. You don't have to. And you just can smoke it in your car. But uh, um, 
Can you? Is that like drinking and driving? I don't know. We put the video is on. Uh, no, you're not supposed to. Oh, you're not uh, supposed drive to smoke under in your car. the influence of. But you can smoke cigarettes in your car, and is it doesn't nicotine give you a loopy feeling too? No. Oh. Not that kind of loopy feeling. <laughs> That's like the biggest goober. I'm like, what about cigarettes, guys? I mean, you can be a, you, you would be addicted to cigarettes, so to speak. But you don't get loopy headed. But you don't get uh, like, like a high, like a buzz. You, don't, you, you get don't, a buzz. You, there's no buzz per se. Oh. No more than uh, less than coffee. Yeah, I yeah, might need yeah. to get out more. Although, do y'all smell weed everywhere now? I feel like I'm driving down 77 in this. Person, How do you know what it smells like, Beth? Well, I mean, I went to college. Come on, Beth. You know, like everybody around you when you're walking around a college campus, but. Do you smell it everywhere now? Like, Bo, you and I were in Uptown doing an event. We were walking back from the event to the Westin, and I was like, does it smell like weed everywhere? Or was it, was there a skunk? I yes. couldn't figure it out. Yes. Probably, probably both. <laughs> Coming up on 920 here on News Talk 1110, 99.3, WBT, Groundhog Day, Hancock. I'm not a groundhog. No. But I did come. I do come out of my hole on Fridays to uh, to join you all. <laughs> did you see your shadow? That's the question. I, I have no idea. I, I I don't pay attention to stuff like that. Just just walking, trying to get to the car is uh, pretty much my accomplishment. If John sees his shadow, then we have six more hours of the show. Oh bless. <laughs> oh, with him though, with you, six hours would yeah, be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, you had an interesting day yesterday. Colonoscopy. Yeah. And, and most of you over a certain age have had those before, and uh, colonoscopy itself is uh, not not a big deal, but the prep is brutal. Ah, uh, it's a it's a it's a rough. I learned all about the prep from our listeners because we talked about it. Um, I, I I thought that I could work. Mm-hmm. Oh on, yeah. On the day I, of my colonoscopy, I thought that I was going to be okay. It was well, going to be like fine. It's like that TV commercial of the guy that sits on the john driving his truck and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah, you you could if you uh, under those circumstances, you probably could. So that was what about a year ago? That yeah, that I think it was. Um, in fact, I know it was November eleventh was the day of my colonoscopy. So a year ago. Um, a, a year and some months ago. So we learned, uh, we, we lived vicariously, and I don't mean too vicariously, but I mean like going through the process of you deciding whether to work that day. And then we had basically just, uh, I've never seen the phone lines light up that fast when Beth said, oh, I'm going to work tomorrow. Yeah, I was like, my colonoscopy's at 11. It'll be fine. And there were literally people going, Beth, let me talk to Beth. <laughs> do not do that. And so Beth took that day off, ultimately. I did talk to you guys that morning. Mm-hmm. I did call in, and I said, thank goodness yeah. <laughs> I'm not there. <laughs> well, so here's how this all connects. John uh, told, told us earlier this week, I'll be there Friday. You may not hear so much from me on Thursday because I am having a little procedure done on Thursday. So guess what? I'm not going to be here next Friday. Mm-hmm. Guess why I'm not going to be here next Friday? Because I learned my lesson on this show about my partner, and I'm not going to work that day because uh, I'm uh, having the same thing happen. Yeah. I'm well, so thrilled he's doing this because he's the age where it needs to be done, and I need him to stick around for as many years as no, possible. It's, listen, it's... Uh I was relieved yesterday when it was over because I'd been kind of dreading. No, I wasn't dreading the colonoscopy. Relieved, this is huh? like the third one I've had, but I was d- dreading the prep. Um, it's awful. Did but, they give uh, you the pills or the drink? Did you have to drink the stuff that tastes like drink? Oh. And, and you buy it all now over the counter. It's uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember all what it all. Dul, Dulcolax, Dulcolax, and Miralax. Uh, 
Uh, but yeah. <laughs> they gave me uh, a prescription. Wait, I got a prescription, too, that I picked up night before last. So I went to the counter, and they said, you have options, different ones you can. And so she brought me out the two options. One was what looked like the size of, uh, looked like a jug the size of three one-gallon milk jugs. Yeah. I mean, that thing was tall yeah. and big. Yeah. And then she brought out another box that was compact, and it's like you mix it at home, and she showed me the size of the cups, and they look much smaller. So I said, I'll take the the smaller cups. Yes. Well, I, they gave me that same option, but apparently there are pills you can take, too. But that one I chose, I chose the smaller one. It tastes worse than, like, I. It, I to me, it, it would... It's like drinking burnt hair or like <laughs> something just sour and awful and gag inducing. It just was an unfortunate flavor. This one you took four tabs of the mucinix or whatever that's called. Mucinix. You and were shooting the, it out of your nose. Then the Dulcolax was a small container of powder. Yeah, that you mix with water. And you mix that with Gatorade. Oh, and it's Gatorade. tasteless. So it just tastes like Gatorade. But you basically are drinking like a quarter more of it uh, over an extended period of time. You start off by See, drinking uh, four cups of it. And the then phones are going nuts. People Here, love the colonoscopy press. It's the same thing again. Now, when I woke up, the, you know, the, the, the first thing I hear is everything's perfect. Everything's great. So there's not a bigger... That, that was one of the <laughs> things that was being my age especially. Uh, you know, you now hope they're not finding anything. I, well, yeah. I, I didn't want to have to deal with anything else. When they had gone, when they had done it, like I don't know, five, ten, whatever, whatever years ago it was, they had found polyps, but they weren't cancerous, and so and, and the doctor told me yesterday. Sometimes if we find polyps, they'll probably find them again. They didn't even find polyps yesterday. Oh, that's fantastic. So, uh, so seventy-one and a clean bill of health, at least along along that regard. Um, along that path. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> I was. Uh, I'm thrilled to death. I'm also thrilled to death that it's over. Yes. <laughs> In other words, Bo, I'm really glad I'm not you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're here and you're doing this. I mean, I wasn't sure if you'd be here today. Yeah, oh, it's well, easy. The night before the procedure, you remember that philosophy. <laughs> you're going to be great. At after it's over, you have a little propofol now. You're going to be great. You have, I mean, and you, the thing that I th- found really funny about it is they wake you up from the propofol nap that they give you to, to do the procedure, and then they come in to tell you about your health. But I, medications just have this <laughs> insane impact on me. And so I'm like all loopy, and they're telling me things, and I'm like, what? They told <laughs> Susan, they had asked me ahead of time, can we share uh, yeah, with they your did. wife? And so uh, they had told Susan, so it was. Uh, it was, I never really saw the doctor after it was all over with, uh, but but they were fine. I told the anesthesiologist, I said, "You guys are sneaky." I remembered that from having my uh, my leg amputated. They they amputated the foot, and I was there till almost the end, and then they put me under and told me they were putting me under. When they took the rest of the leg, I was sitting on a gurney uh, waiting, and all of a sudden I was gone. <laughs> the guy just snuck it on in there. Hey, Bernie, I w- let me take line three here because this is our buddy Greg over at Oakhurst Pharmacy who calls the show and listens to the show a lot. Hey, Greg. Good morning. How y'all doing? We're good. Hey. I got to chime in on the whole uh, Kolonofsky prep thing. I've had I've had several myself. I've got one coming up too. I don't I don't think I'll see you next week, Bo, but I've got one coming up. <laughs> hey, but. Uh, but, you know, the meds you're talking about, there are a lot of options. And just to give it some flavor since y'all were uh, talking about them, uh, John's right. There are some people just buy it over the counter. You can buy, like I think Beth said, some Miralax and some Dulcolax. And, and a few people do it that way. Some doctors say that's fine. 
but the majority of people, like you said, I think, Bo, that you get a piece, you get a prescription, there's two or three options on it, and uh, you're right. One of them is a big old jug that looks like about two gallons of milk, uh-huh. yeah. and uh, it tastes, and, and they give it flavor, but that's just, I mean, the flavor is really a joke. Well, and, uh, so did I make the right decision? Absolutely. Okay, good. And, and, and Beth is right. There's one that's just kind of like little tablets. And then there's that middle one that has small bottles in it, a couple of small bottles. And, and the difference is in the end, just so you, so you understand the difference, most people's insurance will only pay for that big jug because it's, it is relatively inexpensive. Uh, and, of course, you know, if you decide as an individual that you'd rather have the, uh, you know, the quicker uh, small bottles or just the tablets or over-the-counter ones, you can make that decision. The, the doctor may have some flavor to that. But normally... Uh, even if you have prescription insurance, the uh, the big jug is probably at no copay, and the other options may cost you fifty, eighty, hundred, hundred fifty dollars just for the convenience of well, it. But you are absolutely right. Make the right decision and don't buy the don't get the big jug. I like paid for the over the counter the stuff, so that wouldn't yeah. even come into your insurance. Have you ever, right. have you ever heard exactly Jim right. Gaffigan? Jim Gaffigan <laughs> on colonoscopies? It's hilarious. He goes on and on. He said, "My bo- my body made noises in the bathroom I've never heard. At one point, I thought I stepped on a cat." <laughs> but you, I don't know how you'd go to work, Beth. I don't, I don't, I don't know how you'd go to work because it's, uh, it's not fun. I did not, which was which was um, fantastic. It, the, it, great advice from our listeners because I was not prepared for what the prep was going to be like. Yeah, she came in and said, "I'm going to be here tomorrow," and then we had, we literally had callers that said, "No, no, no." <laughs> no. <laughs> she she might have gone in, but she'd be in that little room in the back the whole time. <laughs> All right, I'm not Greg. saying it cleans out your system, but I weighed myself, and I was five pounds lighter. <laughs> so, I mean, it, uh, it uh, water weight get lost and so on and so forth. Uh, it, uh, it, it's, yeah. No. I want to know whose job is it to clean the tube. Mm. Man, that's got to – they must have a lot of turnover in that position. Yeah, well, I feel like the whole job itself mm. might not be that fun, you know, just like – Well, if you're interested in photography. You Tur- know, turnover was a word I heard yesterday, <laughs> and it had nothing to do with apples or cherries, so I'll tell you. All right. On that note, right around the corner is Big Weekend. And then next weekend is my Big Weekend. Big Weekend presented by Watson Insurance. There's some friends that I know living in this town. And I've come far to see them. Gonna track them down. They live in a brick house. Painted white and brown. For the maid And I packed up my guitar Dropped my key on the counter Rented a car Gonna hook up with them later And go hit the bar I need a big weekend Kick up the dust Yeah, big 
Well, they will uh, flip the switch at Atherton Plaza tonight for the rail trail. Got live music going on and art installations and all of that. Charlotte Checkers and the Providence Bruins at uh, Bojangles Coliseum tonight. Tomorrow, Winey Grapes Indoor uh, Wine Festival at Slate. <clears throat> the uh, Southern Oyster Wine and Beer Festival at Ballantine's Backyard. I want to thank you, too, at the Spectrum Center. Celebrates the music of Frankie and Dia Beverly at 8 o'clock and Plain White Tees are at the Underground at 8 p.m. Sunday, Hornets and the Pacers at the Spectrum Center and Bunch, Brunch and Euchre. You know what Euchre is? Super Supper Club at South End. I'll explain in a moment. Just a bit outside. I can work, I can travel, sleep anywhere. Cross every border with nothing to declare. You can look back, big. But it's best not to stare I need a big weekend Kick up the dust Yeah, big weekend If you don't run, you rust And there you go Boom shakalaka Y'all, I saw a deal online the other day. Oh, by the way, Biggie Weekend presented by Watson Insurance Agency, protecting what's important since 1934. Some club or group or something on Facebook, but somebody had asked the question, why do people say boom shakalaka? So apparently I'm not the only one that does this. This apparently is a... Well, there was a whole song that was like, boom, boom, shakalaka-laka, boom, boom, well, boom, no, shakalaka, boom, boom. This one came, the, the, the original boom shakalaka came from uh, Sly and the Family Stone. And um, I answered the thing as to why people say it, and I said, because it's so much easier to say, ain't going to dance with no big fat woman. That's uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's just easier to, to, uh, to, to say it. Wait, hang, hang on, Beth, Beth, but this is what you're talking about. Boom, boom, oh, it's akalaka. Akalaka. Yes. Sounds close. <laughs> I guarantee you they got it from Sly. This is Was Not Was. Walk the Dinosaur. Remember that? Yep. Everybody Walk the Dinosaur. Which were two brothers. Uh huh. But uh, last name was. Don Was was one of them. Don Was was one of them. Don Was Was. <laughs> anyway. A euchre, by the way, is a card game. And, um,. So they're doing this brunch and euchre at the Supper Club South End, and uh, I'd, I'd never heard of euchre before. It's spelled E-U-C-H-R-E, but it's pronounced euchre, like as in Bob euchre. Yeah, that's the first thing I think of. Um, and it's a, a card game that apparently is is big, at least in the Midwest. I think it originated in France. And the, the fact that I know that, I don't know. I don't know why, but I think it's called like pamphile or Commonly something. Commonly played in Australia, <laughs> Canada, Great Britain, New Zealand, and the Midwestern United States. I believe that originated in France. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's 24, 24 cards. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they start off by dealing you five. Where it goes from there, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I'm ter- I, I grew up playing gin rummy. I don't know that I could tell you how uh, to remember the rules to Gin Rummy. I played in a poker tournament once. It was like a fundraiser thing, a celebrity poker tournament. <laughs> I won. <laughs> I beat my entire table, and I had never played in my life, but it was because they couldn't figure out how to beat me because I didn't have a tell because I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> well, I just laid down my cards, and it turned out I won. That's like the final four. The, the person that always wins the offense fool is 
you know, yeah, fan- right. somebody who has no idea what basketball even is. Right, right. Or fantasy football, somebody picks for the uniforms. Yeah. You know? I just realized what we should do, though. You know, the time uh, when Hancock wasn't here and we tried to do Big Weekend? Yes. And we just fell all over ourselves trying to say, boom, shellock, boom, lock. Just when, when, when Hancock's out and we try this again, instead of boom, shellock, lock, boom, or whatever it is you say, boom, we say... Boom, shakalaka. We say, boom, boom, ekalakalaka, boom. See? We just figured this out. Now we have a now we have a way to do this. Stupid, yeah. stupid Americans. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my kidneys feel a lot better in this position. Maybe it's just that I'm not doing any calisthenics. You know, if I did some sit-ups in the morning or bent over like this, I'd probably feel well, 100% better. Moon River. Whew. Thank you, Doc. Lack a lack of boom. Push a lock, lock, boom. It's coming. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Doc. I remember it as being more pronounced than that. Yeah. That almost sounds backgroundish. Yeah, that sounded kind of like a whisper in the back. And I was like, man, how did anybody pick that out? This and may be a live recording or something. Because it used to, I, to me, in my memory, it was it was more dominant than that. Boom shakalaka. And, and then there's another boom akalaka? Boom aka? You're, you're thinking boom akalaka. Akalaka boom. <laughs> Gosh, I'm getting all my boom shakas mixed up. Yeah, I mean, this was definitely... More pronounced. Anyway, I digress. Uh, we had dumb music when we were growing up. Like that song was called Everybody Walk the Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. By was, not was. And it was around the same time as Walk Like an Egyptian. Why were we walking weird? Why was our, why was it, why were we being encouraged to walk <laughs> like a dinosaur or an Egyptian? We had a manic Monday, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Because we were doing every substance uh, imaginable, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was a crazy shade of winter. It was. A hazy shade of winter. Oh, like I said, a hazy shade of winter. It was a hazy shade of winter. Mm -hmm. Um, This show is burning like an eternal flame. I love it in your room at night. (laughs) It's the only other song I can think of. (laughs) I'm out of bangle songs. Anybody else? <laughs> was that just a Bangles song, or was that a Susanna Huff song? Oh no, no, that was a Bangles. That was Bangles. Song. Okay, yeah, in your room. Yeah, in your in yeah. your room. Yeah. that that would be better than. But what you said was true. That was part of the lyrics. It was the whole the verse, the chorus. Hey, John, how you doing over there? <laughs> I'm, do- I'm doing good. Oh, he's he showed me pictures. We were talking about stories from uh, from his young life. That's my son, big boy. Oh, what are you looking at? He's a cutie patootie, a picture he's, of, uh, he, of he, John's son. He's, oh. uh, he's a complete redneck. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is. I, I, I say that lovingly, but uh, <clears throat> he's into bikes. He uh, races cars quarter mile. Um, 
He's a big boy. He's like 6'4", 290 or something like and that. And how old is he now? 40. Oh, wow. I think. I was 23 <laughs> when I had I him. He was... So whatever 23 minus... Uh, 71 minus 23 is, that's what he is. So... Oh, so 71 minus 20 would be um, 51, and then minus 3, so he's 48. Yeah, could be. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. It never fails how many people are still calling to talk about the colonoscopy. About colonoscopies. Well, it's something that everyone should get, should have done. I mean, I have cancer in my family. It's human nature. It's like the day we brought the fart machine in here. Oh, Oh, three and a half <laughs> hours of total frivolity. Wait, how did I miss that show? Oh my God, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, you know, there's something about the process that <laughs> draws people to uh, uh, interact. I uh, there have been some hosts over the years. I will not name who they are, but I'm telling you, they're hosts that you took very, very seriously. Uh, who did very serious shows that uh, you would, if you had seen them, because I came up here working behind the scenes, uh, working with a lot of different talent, and um, some of the uh, personas that that were off the air would would blow people's minds sometimes. See, that's what I don't, I've never been able to um, figure out how people are different on the air versus off the air, because I think it would be exhausting. I mean, I, I don't know, I can't. I can't be anything other than exactly the person that I am, because otherwise I would be confused. And yes, the thing that made me think to say that was flatulence. (laughs) (laughs) There's um, an interesting story. When I was down on timeout working mornings at the alternative station. Yeah. And Ethan used to get me onto subject matter that there was no way I wanted to get into. I mean, we T and A and this, that, and the other. And I I still kind of had, you know... A reputation from my nine years here and all of a sudden now i'm talking to their kids and we're going way into the gutter <laughs> we're talking and about this is about the time that howard stern is uh making big waves uh, and he was on another station in town and anyway one of a city councilman that i uh, had a lot of respect for came up to me one day and he said hey i love your show and i said <laughs> he said you were not listening to that show <laughs> And he said, yeah, I am. And he said, you know what? I listen to Stern for a while sometimes, too. And he said, let me tell you what, why. It says, it's like, uh, it's like I'm getting away with something. I'm in the car. I'm by myself. I can listen to Stern talk about stuff that I would no more sit and listen to with my wife sitting there or especially my kids sitting there. Uh, as he described it, I always remember, he said, it's like a 14-year-old with a Playboy magazine. <laughs> Uh, he said, I feel like I'm getting away with something. And he said, sometimes you and Ethan get on subject matter. Uh, and he said, I can hear your reluctance to, because, you know, I was worried about reputation and sort of, I got over that, by the way, after a while. But uh, he said, it's, uh, that's where uh, Stern, Stern's whole secret is not what he does. It's the, you're afraid to not listen because the day you don't listen is the day he does something that makes national headlines. You're it's the secret it. to radio. It's not necessarily what you do. It's what you might miss if you're not listening. Here's my problem, because I listen to Stern on occasion, and uh, it's when I leave the radio 
on stern and then my wife goes out to move the car <laughs> you know she turns it on and the radio comes on uh-huh. and inevitably he's not interviewing a celebrity he's doing one of those segments one of those moments yeah and my wife sort of come, oh, oh i've turned it on on serious with uh, yeah. with my wife in the car and, yeah, and, and, uh, and i'm and serious because there he doesn't have to there's there no uh he can say whatever he wants and he does and she's not, yeah, and she's appalled by it I, I, he's uh, he's still the, one of the best interviewers in the business, but when he just goes in the gutter, I, 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 I you know, I, I See, can do I, without that. I grew up with only brothers, you know. So I've I've heard, I've heard Howard Stern. I. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've listened to Howard Stern in the car with my husband. And not, I mean, there are moments that, that I'm just like, what? He's getting away with this? You know, but I guess I, maybe I'm not easily offended. Or maybe I just am like, yeah. First time I ever heard <laughs> him I was... Go, first time I ever heard him was on the cable when I lived up in northeastern Pennsylvania. And he was on YSP or whatever it is out of Philadelphia. And he was doing what they called dial-a-date, mm-hmm. and he had Rob Lowe on that day. Mm-hmm. And whoever won this deal was going to get a da- date with Rob Lowe. And uh, it was four hours of radio that you would never let your kids listen to, but <laughs> it was fascinating. You wouldn't let your kids listen to it, and yet you're looking over your shoulder to make sure your parents aren't seeing what you're doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even at an advanced age, that's... That's the way it goes. Hey, great week. Thank you, Hancock. You bet you. Thank you. All right. And uh, boom, boom, akalakalaka, boom, Beth. <laughs> you don't know what to say. <laughs> you, you two need to stay in your lane. Is that some <laughs> kind of code? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs>